injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Victory Monday. How's that sound? Sounds awesome. How'd that sound? Wait, and where did they play yesterday? <laughs> Nashville. So let me get this straight. They played in Nashville yesterday, and we get a victory Monday today. How about that? Wow. Yeah. It's been it, a while. It actually is more of an ass-whooping Monday is That's what it true. is. true. Because it's, even though they got the old by the way late, I, I was ne- 36-14, I was never worried. I know, you know it's, it's normal to get worried. They get it to 36-22. They get a stop. They get the ball back. I, we ever, I was never worried. No. I, I, never, I never thought they could do enough offensively. I was a little worried just because I know Derrick Henry's power. Right. And so I was a little concerned, but eventually Trevor Lawrence just said, I don't care what Derrick Henry does. This is my game. This is my team. And see a fans, which was fantastic. Yeah, they did enough to keep him out of play. The, the way you beat Tennessee is you get up ahead of them enough where, they, where Derrick Henry can't beat you. That, that's, how, that's, how, that's how you beat them is you have – when you have Derrick Henry, you better be very good defensively, too. I mean, if, De- if Derrick Henry is your offense, you got to be good defensively, too, right? Because if not, you, once you get ahead, they're not going to beat you with a passing game. They can't, they can't keep handing it off. The, uh, what a win that was for Jacksonville. That was one of the better wins. If you ask me to rank the win since I've called these games, the two against the Steelers, because they'd been a thorn in the side and you whipped them so soundly both in the regular season and the, in, the regu- in, in the postseason in 17 – we're probably way up there. Boy, this one's high, man. This In my nine years of calling the games, this one's high. I had never called a win in Nashville before. This one's high on the list. I was I was Jones and f- walking out of that place. You had to be too. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Well, I'll give you a story. This, this may be a little cheesy. But I love cheesy. So when I started as a sports writer, I would save all of my credentials from games, all of them. Like, I mean, any Florida game, any Jaguar game, I saved everything, win or lose. Then as I got older, you know, I, I would only save it if it, it kind of meant something, you know, but it was very rare. I haven't saved a credential uh, in years. I'm going through my bag this morning, uh, and I'm, I pull out my uh, credential from yesterday's game. Because with the Jaguars, you get a season pass for the home, the home slate. But when you go on the road, you know, you get just a, a pass for that game. And uh, so it's like your ticket. And uh, so I, I, I pull it out and I look at it and I say, you know what? I'm keeping this one because I think this one might be one that we look back on years down the line and say, this is really where Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars said, this is now our division for the next 10 years. And so, uh, so I kept a credential for probably the first time in, I don't know, I can't remember, several, several, probably the AFC title game in Foxborough, something, something to that effect. But it's uh, it's some- to be framed. yeah, it's something I never do, and uh, that's how much I thought the game meant. I totally agree. I think regular season wise, that was the best victory. I would even put it above that that Steelers victory because of what it means long term for the franchise. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has arrived, and he arrived in in such glorious fashion. I was the AT and T commercial girl yesterday. We had friends getting married at four o'clock. Right. I had the game on my phone as people were walking down the aisle. Uh, but That's thankfully, it was it was it was cl- not even close by that point in time. But obviously, watched every second. Respect of it. is what I got to say for that. I um I will tell you, and we were talking about this afterwards. Of the nine years that I've been the play by play voice, and understand you 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 always have an open booth. There's not glass in front of it, but you have headsets on. 
But you, you can hear, I mean, all the gnat sound and everything is as real as it gets. I mean, there's no, you're not behind glass when you're in a broadcast booth. Of the nine, and I was figuring this out the other day, I've called 150 games or whatever the number is. Half of them are on the road. And there have been some wins on the road. Not enough, by the way. But there have been some road wins. It's not like there's not been any road wins. 17, there are plenty of them. There's been some road wins. That is the quietest stadium, road stadium, I've ever heard in a Jaguars game. It's the quietest I've ever heard a road stadium. I'm telling you, now, when 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 Jason Myers kicked the field goal to beat the Ravens at the end of the game, it was quiet pretty quick, but the game was over. You know what I mean? But, I mean, during during the game, even when they were blitzing Pittsburgh that bad, when Roethlisberger threw the five interceptions, could you tell it in the press box yesterday? Because you guys have glass in front of you. Could you tell how quiet? Well, Do you get a feel for I it? didn't get a sense of the quiet. What struck me yesterday is how – just mercilessly, they booed their own team. They they booed the well. They, and they then did, they all left. Yeah, they definitely booed, and then they left. But the booing wasn't to me as deafening as how quiet it was once the Jags went on. The, well, they scored twenty six in a row or something like that, right? Once the, or more than that, twenty nine in a row. It was fourteen seven, and then it was thirty six fourteen. So twenty nine in a row. When the Jags went on that twenty nine point run, it was beautifully, wonderfully quiet. But I, I, I've never heard it like that. I've never uh, – my first comment was someone, someone – I said, I've never heard this place so quiet. Well, that's because you've never called a win here, which I had not. But I never – I'm telling you, it was eerily quiet. What a, what a great win for the Jaguars. We got, we're going to talk all about that. It'll, that'll dominate our show today, what it means, the significance of it. And, Lauren, I think you hit it. It wasn't just a big win. It was the coronation of sorts for Trevor Lawrence. Now, look, we, we've all seen the stats now. Ten touchdowns, no picks in his last three games. Ever since that pick at the pylon in London, you knew. We talked about that. We, you knew. You had this hunch that, okay, he finally figured out what you can and can't do at this level. He's played free and easy ever since. But, but this was the coronation. Not that he hasn't played well in the other games. He played very well against the Ravens, which was also a win. But this was the coronation, wasn't it? This was the one where the whole nation's talking about Trevor Lawrence and uh, – Oh, boy. What, and I got so many numbers, and I'll throw the first one out at you now. In the National Football League, when you have three consecutive games with a different 100-yard receiver, three in a row, that means either A, you've got the greatest receiving core around, or B, your quarterback has really learned how to find the right guy and the coach to, to, to build the right game plan. Two, three games ago, it was 145-plus for Zay Jones. Last week, 109, I think, for Christian Kirk. And then the 168 yesterday from, from um, Evan, Ingram. Evan Ingram. I'm telling you. You're up, Marvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, correct. But I'm telling you that the, the rhythm of what's going on there is so significant. And I'll, I'll tweeted this last night. I will say this again. When you, have, when you find the elite young quarterback and you have a really good coach, you become the Chiefs and the Bills. The league has done that forever. Listen, I'm sure Tony Dungy's a very good coach. I'm sure he's a wonderful coach. But they didn't become the Colts until they paired him and Peyton Manning. I'm sure Sean Payton's great. Drew Brees and Sean Payton together change who they are. Brady and Belichick, we've told that story enough times. Montana and Walsh, 
how far are you? Marino and Shula. I mean, we 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 go all day. We do the whole show, right? We, you you could fire name. You could go Bradshaw and Noel and Staubach and Landry. I mean, you could do it forever, right? We we could we could we could talk about the history of the league. But when it happens, whether it's in 1970 with the Steelers and Bradshaw and Noel, where it went, when it or when it's in the 90s with Belichick and Brady or Dungey, when you get the coach and the player. And to be clear, the coach won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles over Belichick and Brady, in case you want to know about the coach. And if you watch the throws Trevor Lawrence made yesterday, if you watch the throws the quarterback made yesterday, wow, wow, wow. And to give his receivers credit, the touchdown in the left corner of the end zone was a great catch by Ingram because he held it in his hands. The one in the right corner of the end zone that they had to review, Zay Jones did a great job of concentration. He had dropped a few before that, Mm -hmm. but he did a great job of concentration. So give the receivers credit too. But that was spectacular stuff yesterday, no question about it. Yeah, and, and the escapability that he showed in finding Agnew on the third down. That was that was his I best mean, play of the day, by yeah, the way. It was, it was That was the best play he made because he was sacked, not sacked, sacked, not sacked. And then and Agnew made a good did a great job. If you wonder we're talking about going right to left, Agnew on the far sideline, which is the Jaguar sidelines, the plays Hayes is talking about. What an amazing play that was. That was his best play. Hayes, to me, Trevor Lawrence looks like a quarterback who's been playing in the league for 10 years. That's what's crazy. It, it went from he needs more experience to now he looks like a guy who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's incredible. He's 23 years old. And, you know, he has a case that he's a top 10 quarterback in the league right now. He's 11th in rating at 95.4. He's tied for 10th in touchdown passes with 20. And he's 9th in yardage at 3,200. So, you know, all that adds up to he has an argument that he's one of the top 10. Uh, you know, if you're looking at, you know, this season – he has performed like a top ten quarterback, and uh, you know I, I think that it's uh, it's been brilliant to see the the growth that he's made. It certainly gets you fired up because I mean, look, let's just be honest. This division looks like it's the Jaguars for the taking. They might have made too many mistakes early to win the division this year, and that's still to be decided over these last four weeks. Uh, my guess is the Houston loss, the Denver loss, are going to come back to really haunt them. But but maybe not. But moving forward, I mean, unless Tennessee or Indianapolis or Houston does something amazing, I mean, the Jaguars look like they could have a stranglehold on this division for four or five years. I mean, let Tennessee mess up its next quarterback decision or let the Colts or Texans. They've all got to make monumental quarterback decisions. And if they're not right – I mean, they're going to have no chance as long as Trevor Lawrence is healthy. I mean, I mean, if, if this is where he is now, imagine where he's going to be in 2023. So it's, with Calvin uh, Ridley, right? So the the present is incredibly exciting. The future is remarkable. Yeah, it really, really, really is. And we'll talk about what they have to do this year about the future. They do have the quarterback, the best quarterback in the division, one of the best quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in football, and again. For all the folks that were doubting and wondering early in the year, I've screamed this into the mic so many times. He just got here. It's hard. It's a hard league. It's hard to be a good at quarterback in the NFL. You don't pop out of college, pop into the NFL, and you're good. It doesn't work like that. Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his first year. Josh Allen had miserable numbers the first year and a half. Patrick Mahomes didn't start his first year. Aaron Rodgers didn't start for four years. 
Yeah. Three years. Three, some, okay. It's hard. It's hard. It's a hard league. It's it's it, it's hard to. Tom Brady was a backup to Drew Bledsoe. It's a hard league to get good at, and he's getting good at it really quick. And it was another new offense for him. And a new that, offense. I and, think and, that's and, what we've seen. And kind so of much. a lost year on top of a right. lost year and a new offense. You're right. so. Uh, so this is this is good stuff. Let's take a break. Let's talk all about the Jags Titans. Why they won the game. Where they're headed now. What they have to do to move forward. Uh, what a great victory Monday it is on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Shotgun for Trevor Lawrence. It's a blitz. I mean, it is an all-out blitz. Trevor fires left side. That ball is going to be caught for the touchdown by Evan Ingram in the left corner of the end zone. Are you kidding me? The Jags have extended the lead. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. You know the best games? The ones when at about 5.30 I got a sore throat. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The sore throat games are the best games. You know, you know what I needed? A lozenge. You need a, a little hot you, tea. You need a good lozenge. I mean, <laughs> how often on a Sunday do you have a lozenge? Okay, You get a lozenge on a Sunday afternoon. Someone, someone won a game. Yeah. Okay, that's what happened there. I do want to thank our friends for the best bet. The 12 Days of Christmas High Hands uh, starts um, Did it start already? Starts today, as a matter of fact. So uh, Best Bet Jacksonville, $1,200 High Hands kicks off the promotion. It's going to go all the way to just before Christmas. Man, head to the Best Bet. You talk about fun times. The brand-new location in St. Augustine is fantastic. The Orange Park location right off the highway there. And, of course, that uh, big location on Monument, that's the Jacksonville location. You want to have a good time. Head to the best bet. Victory Monday around here. That's a good thing. Uh, the Jags uh, handle the uh, Tennessee Titans. So let, let me not bury the lead here. If the Jags win the rest of their games, they're in the playoffs. Correct. That, that's what I will tell you. Even though mathemat- no, let, me, let me finish. Okay. Even though mathematically the Titans would have to lose again too, if the Jags win the rest of the games, they're in the playoffs because if they sweep the Titans, the Titans will lose again. Okay, so stay with me on this. Okay. okay the, my, my, if the Jags, my point is, my prediction is, if the Jags get to nine and eight, they will win the division because I don't think the Titans are going to get swept by the Jaguars, but then beat everybody else down the stretch. You with me on that? That's, yeah. that, that's my guess. So the Jags, tech, mathematically, the Jags would have to win out and have the Titans lose again. I know the math, but I think if the Jags win out nine and eight, they will be in. The, they actually could be in wild card contention, but I think they win the division if they're nine and eight. The NFL That's is, what I think. is so wacky that that team yesterday won't win another game this season. Yeah. But that's not how the NFL works. The Correct. Jaguars, Correct. I thought there was Correct. no chance the Jaguars could lose to the Colts this season after handling them the way they did, and then they turn around and lost to the Colts. We did a, we did a Teal the Show thing. I do, I do the Teal the Show with the Channel 4 folks with Jamal, and we brought in Ashlyn and uh, D-Rock. Did you see this? And D-Rock, were in, and we're, it was during the break, during the off week, and, and Jamal was asking, okay, what do you guys think? How many games do you think they'll win the rest of the year? We all kind of settled on three, give or take, three of the last, however many there were, six, seven, whatever it was. And, uh, and but, but D- D-Rock goes, it'll be three, but it'll be three. You won't figure. Here's what they'll do. They're going to beat the Ravens. They're going <laughs> to win at Tennessee and beat Dallas. That's what he said. <laughs> well, he's one win away. You know, he said it'll be crazy wins that you wouldn't have expected. So, um, But I think if they get to nine and eight, they win the division. Because the Cowboys I, game does look a little easier now. I will that? say that the Cowboys game yeah. looks a little easier after they had such a fight with the Texans. So, so I correct. So, I, so I think if they win the rest of the games, they're in. Here's the other thing I think. The I've said this all along, and I'm going to stand by this too. So this isn't going to be great news. So they're a young t- number one. The NFL is like this anyway, but a young team is even more like this. You are going to win some games. 
that people thought you would lose and lose some games people thought you would win. Didn't we all say that at the beginning of the season? They were going to win some. I mean, they've won at the Chargers, at the Titans, and beaten the Baltimore Ravens. They've also lost at home to the Houston Texans. It makes no sense. You and know? lost to Denver. And lost to a bad Denver team, you know, so on a turf that they know better than Denver does. So, so it's been that kind of year. I'm not sure that part's over. I'm not, it wouldn't shock me to see him beat Dallas and lose to the Jets. You know, I mean, I just think it's that. Of course, the Jets aren't terrible, but or beat Dallas and lose at Houston. It wouldn't shock me because that's the way the NFL is and that's the way young teams are. But having said that, I think if they win out, I think they will be in. Yeah, we'll get to the Dallas game coming up. We we got we got all week to talk about that. I will get to that in a bit. I will tell you that what's happening offensively, there is some significance to this. It is hard to be that good at quarterback your second year in the league, and that is now permeating its way through the NFL. People now there. This is the most palpable buzz there's been about Trevor Lawrence since the day they drafted him. There was a huge buzz about Trevor on draft night. Leading up to draft night, the pro day. Remember the pro day? They drafted him. You saw the picture. Marissa was there. There was a huge buzz then. There has not been that much, this much of a buzz about Trevor Lawrence since draft night. Now they're all talking about it. And now they're all worried about it. I promise you they're all talking about it and they're all worried about it. So, again, I'm reiterating what you said a minute ago, Lauren. It's the coronation. This is step one, and it's a good, it's a good credential to hold on to. I got a lot more about that game I want to get to. But this is step one of the coming out of Trevor Lawrence. It certainly is. I think Trevor Lawrence has announced that he's arrived and that he has also got some sass to him. That's where I think people were looking for more of an attitude from Trevor. And yesterday they got not only a record-breaking performance, but they also got that, you know, I am someone who, if, you, if you're the linebacker and you come across at the end when we're just trying to take a knee and you come after one of my players, I'm going to be right there in your face. Like, that is what Jaguars fans have wanted to see, and they, they got to see that. And, like I said, he yeah. threw such yeah. great passes Yeah, yesterday. you know what? I, I, uh, that was cool because he's a, he's, a, he's a guy's guy, and he's a good teammate, and he's a tough guy. But the passing was cool, too. Oh, absolutely. Some of the throws he made, were, were, were that was pretty good, with the, too. With a sprained toe, his mobility. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe he should have and, a sprained toe. And, 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 and no running game to help him. Well, right. And, I mean, ETN had no room. 34 and, and, yards, is that right? And again, right? I keep saying this, and I know Tony talked about it with the guys in the morning, but we've been talking about this. He has got to change his running style. He runs 100 miles an hour into a linebacker who crushes him. That's He's got to change the running style a little bit to get skinny a little bit. The, the 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 second level, the great running backs when they get to that second level, they change speeds. He doesn't change speeds. He goes hundred. He gets he hits that hole fast, but he doesn't he doesn't slow up any. You well, got to slow up some. The fumble against the Lions is a prime example. Yeah, of that. that's exactly I mean, that right. guy cannot. Yeah, force a fumble off of you. Right. I mean, that that's got to be if he if he gets you down, it's like you ran into a wall. It's got to be because he. Glanced, it was yeah. able to get you down with a glancing tackle, right. not stand you up. Correct. Which is what he basically did because Travis ran right into right. it. Yeah, and so that's one thing that's got to get better. They've got to find more running backs, but I, but I will tell you, look, it's a passing league. Who are we kidding? It's a plat passing league. I'd rather have the passer, and you have the passer. So that, that stands out. I will say this, and I'm glad I can say this in a win, and I'm glad I can say this with a big grin on my face. Boy, that dang Derrick Henry's good, you know? Yeah. Boy, is he good. I'm so glad I can say that gleefully now. It's hard to keep saying every time he stiff arms you for 99 yards and they beat you. But now that you've beaten them by two touchdowns, man, he is some kind of good player. 
And yeah. he, and You'd it, love to have him on your team. And any team would. Yes. But you know something? Well, when they cut him in the offseason, <laughs> we can <laughs> we'll sign take him here. But, uh, but it does show, as much as I've always respected the Titans, how weak they are in other areas. I mean, they're, they're, when, and again, in fairness, everybody was hurt. A lot of defense. Traylon Burks was hurt, which really hurt them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, defense, the defensive guys. But they, to your point earlier, Lauren, they look like a wounded team, man. And they, uh, I, don't, I don't think they're going to. Now, they're going to win. Here's why they're going to win against the Chargers, because that's what they do. They win when you're not supposed to win. Well, and you can't count on the Chargers for anything. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, no, you, right. They, they had their celebration last night. They're done yeah. celebrating. But I, um, but I will tell you, it's hard not to think the Jaguars are the better of the two teams today. I mean, we, were all, we all watched. The Jaguars, at least with the current health situation, the Jaguars right now, the Jaguars were the better football team yesterday. Not just It wasn't just one of those fluke games where everything fell right. They were the better team yesterday. It was interesting hearing the, the Titans beat writers talk about Tennessee because their utter disdain for the offensive line of Tennessee <laughs> is, is incredible. I mean, the, the, I can't tell you how many people say the left tackle is just stealing money from the right, franchise. Right. I mean – they're, they are awful up front. And, and again, I mean, the Jaguar pass rush was one of the worst in the league. But yesterday, they looked like the 85 Bears. And, I mean, those guys were celebrating. I was able to get uh, one-on-ones with uh, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, and uh, Dewan Smoot. And, I mean, it, they, it was an avalanche of Jaguars. I mean, it was everybody was all over Tannehill. And, uh, and Henry broke some runs early. Uh, but only had 30 yards, you know, after the first quarter. So, yeah, I think, I, I think Tennessee is incredibly wounded defensively. They they're not overly impressive uh, outside of Simmons right now. So, um, they're they're certainly wounded. I uh, I still fear that they will rebound and upset the Chargers. And if that happens, and Dallas beats the Jaguars, then it becomes really difficult uh, down yeah. the stretch. But um, I think the Jags have to win all their games to get in. I, I, I mean, Tennessee could have the most epic collapse ever, but I don't see that coming. There, there's resolve in that in that frame, whether we like it or not. Mike Vrabel's team has some resolve. I don't, I don't see that. They get. I don't think they're going to lose to Houston. Um, who else do they have? They, we, they, we basically need the Chargers to beat the Titans because I think Dallas is going to beat the Jaguars right. in all likelihood. Yeah. And then, so if they both take losses Sunday. Then it's two or three to play. Correct. Then you need, the Jaguars need to win at the Jets because the Titans are going to beat the Texans in Nashville, you would think. Then it comes down to the following week. Then so if the Jaguars can stay even, not lose right. a game over these next two, then the third week, the Jaguars go to Houston. Right. The Titans host the Cowboys. Gotcha. And that could be where Dallas beats Tennessee, which I think they will do. Yeah. And you'd like to think the Jaguars can win in Houston. And if that happens, that'll be the game that they gain that they need to set up a Week 18 primetime yeah. game and, and by the way, here yeah. in Jacksonville for the AFC South. Tie them, you, beat, you got, you got head-to-head. Yeah. Yeah, you tie them. I'm assuming you beat them again. Right. Yeah, yeah, you get the yeah I mean, Week 18 would be for the division. Yeah, yeah. So, but, I, but I'm telling you, I, I don't think it plays that way. I think the Jaguars have to win them all to get in. I can understand that. If you're looking to beat the Titans, which obviously that's what we're hoping all these teams do, do what Doug Peterson did and scheme open your best tight end yeah. because the Titans are terrible against tight ends. So that's the game plan. Go out there. And they were down the one linebacker who runs. Daniel, who, who, they were down the one linebacker. But, but anyway, other thoughts. Uh, there's still concerns defensively. You needed those takeaways to win the game. I, uh, but is there any doubt now that Trayvon Walker is a better player with his hand on the ground? There's no yeah. doubt. 
There's, yeah, there's and, no. That's what he is. Yeah, and, and Doug even yeah. alluded to that. He said he's just more explosive yeah, coming he, out of yeah, a three point stand. Yeah, it, so. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you thought when you drafted him. It doesn't matter where you drafted him. It doesn't matter all the conversation. It, it, if uh, if people want to say you failed because you had to change his positions ten games in, I don't care. He's a down lineman. That's what he is. He's a, that, that he's so athletic that he can play. He can stand up and go cover if you have to. But there's no. You should never have to. He's a down lineman and a damn good one. That's what he needs to be. He somehow, some way, if they stay in a three four, he should be one of the three four ends. And if they ever went to a four three, he's a perfect four three end. But he's a down lineman. No, and there's and in my mind, there's no doubt in my mind about that. And, and again, he kick started the whole thing yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. because it's looking pretty bleak early mm-hmm. yeah. until Trayvon Walker strip sacks Tannehill, and that hit that he put on Tannehill, that's going to be one that right. Dak Prescott's going to take a special look at. Uh, go down the line of right. quarterbacks that, that the Jaguars are going to right. see, and certainly Tannehill in the in the rematch if he's healthy for it. That's a hit you don't forget, and that's a hit if you're the next quarterback. That guy gets your attention so, because I can only imagine how painful that was having that monster right. yeah. blindside you yeah. and come down with his arm. I mean, across your passing, like yeah. I mean that. That was a big hit. A big, yeah, big yeah. hit. Very yeah. impressive play by Trayvon Walker. And and I think I think an intimidating play for future quarterbacks as well, which I love. Some other things that happened in the game. They went back to and, and again, they discovered it too late, Doug would tell you that. But the plan all along should have been Darius Williams stays outside and Trey Herndon plays in the slot where he doesn't have to run as much. That that's the reality. Trey Herndon in the slot was okay yesterday. Wasn't great. And they don't have a great passing game or great receivers. But he was oh he was better in the slot. Remember now, when they started it, when when Trey Herndon would come in with Shaq out, they would move Darius Williams inside. He can't play. Trey can't play outside. He Trey Herndon's a pretty good player. Cannot play outside. They moved him inside. He played better. That was that was significant. Devin Lloyd played better. Devin Lloyd wasn't great. Now again, it wasn't a passing team. We had to cover a bunch of different routes. But he, I called his name a bunch. He played better yesterday. He, ne- he didn't come off the field, which is a really good sign. Yeah. They never had to like pull him off and right. Talk to him. I mean, right. he went all 67 snaps. When they went all three linebackers, um, Shaq Quarterman, including the big hit, uh, played pretty well. That was a big hit now. Huge hit. That was a big hit. I mean, Might was be a, one of the biggest Jaguar hits. Yeah, I mean, that was a big in hit. In the last decade. Yeah, that was a big hit that caused the gigantic fumble that, that fell to, to Josh Allen. Josh Allen was more active. So, so the defense. They still, had a pass rush. Like, yeah, where did that come from? Closer to it, anyway. But again, it's the bad offensive line. I get it. Yeah, but 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 still. We'll take it. Don't yeah. apart, Right, don't. So. <laughs> But they still have to fix some things defensively. There's no question, and they play a real. They play an offense that they will match up with miserably. A team with good receivers, a multiple backs. Dak Pre- now Dak now Dak can mess up some too. He can be turnover. Yeah, his numbers aren't great. No, they're not. You know, you wonder if the injury that he had early in the year yeah. is he, if he still hasn't really gotten past it because he hasn't no. been overly sharp. If you look at the numbers, right. but their weapons are. A massive problem. But let me say this: fourteen touchdowns, nine interceptions. It's December eighteenth. A lot of you are either on vacation or thinking about vacation. It's holiday time. It's not going to be hot. It's going to be about fifty-eight degrees, fifty-nine degrees. It's going to be not hot. There's no way you're getting hot at this game. There's no chance to be hot. Hot's hot's off the table. It's the next to the last home game against America's team, and there are going to be a lot of Cowboy fans that have already bought tickets that are coming to, to celebrate here. Jag fan, you got to go to this one. I don't do this very often. You know, you you guys have worked with me for a lot of years now. I don't I don't pound the pulpit and say you got to go to the game very often. I think you spend your dispensable your disposable dollars your way. But I'm gonna tell you how to spend it this time. <laughs> you got to go to this game. If if we're all in this together, 
you got to go to the game. You guys agree with me on this? You got to go to the game. Yeah, I mean, you got to go to you got to go to the game, folks. Uh, and listen, money. I'm I'm joking because money's tight, and I get it. But you, if you ever tried to get to a game, if you're ever on the fence, yeah, if you're a fan that would think about yeah, yeah, going, you need to try and get. This to is them. one that you, you gotta, should go to. You, we need we need Jags fans in the ballpark. I mean, we we need to try. And again, I, I'm 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 not a shill. I'm a homer, but I'm not a shill usually, and I'm not and I'm not a a, a ticket broker guy normally. But this is we're too close now because this is a gigantic game. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the Titans are going to win in LA. To tell you the truth, I don't think they're going to win. Watch that charge. They're an win. underdog. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're about a three point underdog. I don't think they're going to win the game. They shouldn't win the game. Yeah, I yeah. just fear. I don't know because that's, that's who and that's who the Titans are too. Because that's their history, right? Both it's both teams' histories. You know, Titans right. go win when they're not supposed to. Correct. Chargers collapse when they're not supposed right. to. But you need to go. I'm telling you, we need. And I'm going to say this all week long. If you get tired of hearing it, you can turn the station. But you need to go to this one. This is a game you don't want to not be at this game. They need you. You need this. It's holidays. It's, I'm telling you, you get to, you got to get this. There, there's excitement. There's energy. There's electricity. Go buy your football ticket. I'm telling you, go buy your football ticket. It'd be great. I don't think they can probably do this, but it, it would be great if, if the Jaguars upset the Cowboys, if everybody could stay in the stadium and they could put the <laughs> Titans-Chargers game up on the board. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't and everybody great? could then watch yeah. that game. That'd be awesome. Yeah, go to the game. Go to the game. That's what I'm saying. We'll take a break. I will tell you. There was movement in the picks contest. There, Big movement. There was movement. I'll tell you the movement after this. All right, it's Christmas season. Here's some of the Christmas music playing already. Um, there was some gifting over the weekend. Let me tell you something. You know what happened on September 24th? You want to know what happened? I do not. Hayes Carlion. From the bowl school, hung the only 6-0 and we've had all year. You know that? That was a good day or a good weekend. <laughs> you know what else? This past weekend? Mm-hmm. Hates Carline. From the bowl school? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bulls. <laughs> Just posted the only 0-6 oh, we've had all season. Yeah. What about the 0-6? Oh, do you have a press? We have, we need a press conference. Can you, well, is there a dissension? Can you tell me what's going on? Uh, it, it was it was so embarrassing. We called John Robinson this morning and fired him <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> and so uh, so we're moving on. We're still uh, we're still right there. We're in good position. But you got to just shake that one off and move on to the next. Oh, and six he hung Brooks. I mean. It was a tough weekend. Yeah. I mean, you congratulations to you for he, your game picker upper of yeah, Army yeah, over yeah. Navy. He has dominated us all year, by the way. That's that's the significance. Of this I mean, he's, I don't know that I can say he's dominated me because we have been tied. Okay, good point. He's dominated <laughs> most of us all year, but you're a good point. But but anyway, but yes. So here's what happened last week. By the way, if you heard, I don't know that the Nashville police got the call in that I heard they may get a call in because there's an opera, there's a possibility. It's just a possibility that it around. Six o'clock central. Uh, there were reports from the fourteenth floor in the Grand Hyatt that some strange man was skipping around his room yelling, Game picker upper, game picker upper, game picker upper. Here's how much I didn't watch Army Navy. I when I because fi- we were flying, when I finally turned it on, literally when I finally turned it on. They were reviewing the overtime play. At that point, as I told Hayes, I was desperately trying to figure out 
who was in which uniforms <laughs> okay, to know whether or not I was going to like this or not. Okay, And then uh, Army held on to win. That was my game picker-upper. And as I promised you guys I would do on Friday in the event that Army won, I would explain to you that I got that right because of just military football knowledge is what that was. It's all about the knowledge is what it well, was. Well, you did that show for so many years. <laughs> That's exactly so yeah. right. Something, so something inside military in. picks. Inside military picks. So anyway, the uh, – the way they went is like this. Um, uh, our, our, our contest for uh, I was four and two, five points with the game picker upper. Gibby was four and two, five points. Nice job, Gibby, on the money ball. Yeah, we told him they'd win, didn't we, Lauren? Yes, he yeah, did. we did. Go Jags. Lauren Brooks, three and three, but she had a game picker upper with the Chargers and a money ball. Oh, so, yeah. So five total points. And Hayes Carlion from the Bowl School. Sorry, Bowls. <laughs> zero total points. 0 oh and six, zero. So here's where we stand. Hayes Carline, 46 and 38, 56 total points. Lauren Brooks, who's gone from tied with Hayes to five behind Hayes <laughs> to now tied with Hayes. You know, that's what happened. It was Game cool. of runs. Okay. Lauren Brooks, 44 and 40, 56 total points. There's an outside chance that the, the veteran right-handers crawled back into this thing now. Just saying. 45 and 39, 53 total points. I'm within three of the leaders. And Gibby's 40 and 44. He's still 45 points. Gibby, you still got a little work to do, but he made a good run here. Yes, we did. 56, 56, 53, 45. So what now a- Hayes doesn't have to go first every time. No, he doesn't. In fact, I was. And not, not, only, not only do you have to alternate either. Since we're all close together right. now, we'll go back to rotating. I haven't. Yeah. Well, as now, far as he, making picks, I haven't been going against Hayes. Yeah. But I mean, if it was, if it was 56, 56, 40, 40, then I'd have y'all both take turns going first. But since we're all kind of close together. Yeah. We'll go back to uh, all because it's not fair that Hayes never gets to do game picker upper because he had to go first. So um, we got a ball game here now. Carl it's exciting. I, we got a ball game is what Let's we got. Do it. Oh, that thing got good. Yeah, I was running around jumping like crazy. Um, so that is uh, that is very very happy stuff. So uh, I love that. I love it. I love, and we got and we have loser Monday. Y'all right? I don't know why you're looking at me with a a, a look on like a tied. happy look no, about you're loser tied. Monday. I'm, I'm complimenting you. Oh, you mean Loser Monday? Yeah. Like, don't ever look at me and be like, yeah, yay, we yeah, have Loser Monday. Lauren that, hates so. Loser Monday. I know you do. So I think we know that. So there is that. So anyway, so there you go. That, that's how the picks went. So When are we doing our Loser Monday? Sometime this week, right? Y'all Thursday, are in charge. Friday. When are we going to do it? It's due on Friday because the first bowl game is Saturday. The yeah. Gators. Due on Friday. Yeah. So we'll yeah. do it Friday. Yeah, do it Friday. Okay. I'll do it Friday. I can't wait to start. Do we and do you? we have a sheet that we're filling out? We do. Okay. Okay. There you go. Right, Gibby? Yeah, well, do you want it now or do you no, want it no, Friday? No, no, no. It's on Friday? No, yeah, yeah, but we have the sheets. I don't even know okay. the games. I'll just I'll, I'll just say them. We'll pick them, and there we go. There's Loser Monday. So, uh, so that's, that's it. All right, back. A couple more thoughts about this game the other day for a second. Um, do you sense now that that's who they are, passing team, running here and there, but they're the Chiefs? I mean, they're not as good as the Chiefs, but I mean, the, Chief, the Chiefs, it doesn't matter. If it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it doesn't matter. Did you see the touchdown he threw yesterday to McKinnon? I did. It was amazing. Where he just yeah, flicks it? Yeah, I did. It I mean, amazing. it's unbelievable. But, but, I mean, the Chiefs, it doesn't matter who the running back is. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter who anyone is. Yeah, yeah it, Other than maybe the tight end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, but it, well, well, we still have with Tyreek Hill. It doesn't matter. But do you think the Jags have become it's not going to matter who their running back is? No, I, I think ETN's a good player. I do, too. And, he's and a so, very good player. Yeah, huh? no, I think he's an important piece of it. But I think it was good yesterday – that they showed is is an offense that, you know, ETN can give them 1.9 a carry, and they're still able to put up a lot of points and a lot of yardage, and Trevor's able to say, okay, well, it's not there. Uh, I can uh, I can go get this done. So uh, I, th- I think you'd like to have weeks where if you're playing a team that just 
can't stop the run at all, that you can unleash ETN and have him, you know, go for, you know, 127 yards on 16 carries, you know, but I, so I I think it'd be, I'd like to see them be able to keep some of that balance. Um, And I think they will be able to, I mean, ETN's here for two more years at a minimum. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's exciting what he's done. Um, I, I would like to see them be, you know, I, you, I think you'd like to ideally see the the triplets here of what, you know, Dallas had. You'd love to have, I think, you know, tre- and, and I'm not comparing the players, uh, but, you know, you'd love to have Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and is it Christian Kirk? Is it Calvin Ridley? Um, you know, but, but some dominant receiver step up so that you've got, you know, a, an offense where you can kind of look at the defense and say, okay, it's going to be, Travis's week or it's going to be Trevor's week and uh you know so I ideally it you know it, it should be that but it's great to see that if if they have to put everything on Trevor Lawrence which they basically had to yesterday in the most difficult divisional road environment that they play in historically uh it's great to see that he can get it done yeah I think there are going to be times that Trevor Lawrence isn't 100% healthy and so they need to be able to hand the ball off so I do think the running back matters Pacheco for the Chiefs has actually been pretty good. So I think they are able to be balanced, which is the most important thing. The, um, any word on Trayvon Walker? I guess there's nothing today, right? He was I, fine when I, I mean, I say that, but like talking to him know, in the locker room. Yeah, and I heard he was walking around the locker room fine. Yeah, he, he again, we don't want to jump the gun here. There's going to be an MRI and the team will announce it. But, uh, but you, you were in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I talked to him after the game. He seemed yeah. fine to me. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't think maybe he, I mean, maybe he's out of week. I, it, certainly, I wouldn't think it's really bad news i mean i i if i had to guess i think he plays sunday but yeah. you know i'd be surprised if it's if he can't play sunday if it goes well beyond that yeah. yeah and again knock on wood but this has been such a healthy team for the most part like we just talked about the titans had a laundry list of guys out for this game and the jaguars have been able to do i think a great job of keeping guys healthy yeah yeah so so they truly have been so hopefully it does um everybody's healthy who's your into your two inside linebackers next week Muma and Aluakon. How about you? Same. I think so too. But I would find I would find a way to involve Devin Lloyd somehow. The fact that he played every play and was pretty good yesterday matters. I still think he might be a play in space outside guy. I, I don't know what you do in this defense. I don't know what that means, you know. But I still I still think somehow he's a good player. Don't think Devin Lloyd's not a good. I player. I think he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just but I play Muma too. By the way, yeah, yeah. And I, I play Muma too. Muma's earned that. Muma has earned that. And I think a question is, should Shaq Quarterman get a few more snaps? I mean, in the three that he had, he made a massive impact. Was it three snaps? Is that all he played? But he's a, he's a physical guy. I, when I would think third in a yard, fourth in a yard, I'd be tempted not to, I'd be tempted to put him in there. Somehow, some way to get it because he will hit you. He just doesn't run well or as well as some of the other guys. So great win for the Jags. Uh, we'll talk more about the Cowboys game coming up. But I do think it's an eminently winnable game. I will say it. I'm going to scream it into the mic all week. Go to the ball game, folks. If you're thinking about going to it, it's holidays, it's fun times, it's a week before Christmas. It's a treat yourself to this one, treat your family to this one. Again, there's another home game too, by the way, at the end of the season the, in July, I mean, early January. But that one, and it's the Titans, it's a big game. I'll be telling you to go to that one too. But don't wait. Don't, my point is don't wait for that. Don't wait. Let's go, man. Let, let's, let's all meet at the park. Let's go, let's go have a beer. Let's all meet at the ball yard. I really, really, really hope people go to this game. It'd be a great Christmas adam- present if you know somebody that's wanted to go to a yeah, Jaguars game for I, a while. I am, I am adamant about this. This is the, help them, man. 
You can help. You can help them get. To, make no mistake about this. Loud, boisterous crowds, full crowds help the home team. There's no doubt. There's no doubting that. So you can help the cause. And and by the way, if you're thinking, Frank, I've been helping for 20 years, and they have, I, I get it. I know you have. Fan, this is a great fan base, and I and I applaud it, and I appreciate it. But you can help them. This you can help this cause now. I'm telling you. Uh, let's get to the ballpark uh, this week. Uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Mike Leach, about Grant Wall, and a whole lot more. Stay with us. Time for another Monday Rewind. The football weekend sounded like this. The Navy coach can't watch. Jeff Munkin will. For the win in double overtime for the Black Knights. Kick on the way. It is good. Army wins. Quinn Moretzky from 39 yards to finish the first overtime game in Army-Navy history. And the winner for 2022, Caleb Williams, Southern Cal. I'd like to thank all the Heisman Trust, all the voters, the finalists that sit right here in front of me, CJ, Max, Stets. You guys are unbelievable competitors. I may be standing up here today, but y'all get to go to college football playoffs. <laughs> Guess you can't win them all. Tannehill drops. Looks. He's hit from behind and sacked by Trayvon Walker, and the ball came out. The ball came out. Let's see who jumped on top of it at the 20-yard line, and the Jags have it. Trayvon Walker sacked him and knocked it out of there, and Jacksonville recovers at the 20-yard line of the Tennessee Titans. Dropping the throw is Trevor. Scrambling to his right, fires. That ball's caught by Evan Ingram to the five. Into the end zone, touchdown. That's a touchdown for Jacksonville. Trevor drops. Pump fake. Fires toward the goal line. That ball is going to be... No signal now. They call it an incomplete pass. Whoa. Zay Zay. Jones caught it, but they say he's out of bounds. Did he not get a foot down? When the receiver got possession of the ball, he did get both feet in bounds. It is a touchdown. Trevor keeps it on his own read, tries to get to the corner, dies for the end zone. Touchdown. A one-yard touchdown run. Shotgun for Trevor Lawrence. It's a blitz. I mean, it is an all-out blitz. Trevor fires left side. That ball is going to be caught for the touchdown by Evan Ingram in the left corner of the end zone. Are you kidding me? The Jags have extended the lead. Wow, what a weekend it was. The Jags game, the Heisman Trophy went to Caleb Williams. I voted C.J. Stroud first. I voted. I thought they were very – I thought the stats were identical. Uh, both had about 37 touchdowns. One had six picks. One had five. Um, Caleb, I mean, Caleb Williams did more as a runner. I was, I went back and forth and back. Hey, I voted Williams second. I went back and forth and back and forth. And I know the Vogue thing was to vote Williams. I think Williams is, is the best pro prospect. That's, but that's not what you're voting for. In my opinion, the best team either one of them played was Michigan. And I thought Caleb Williams lost twice. To a team not nearly as good as the one team Ohio State lost to, and I thought C.J. Stroud is the reason they were so good. So, but it was it was almost a coin flip between the two for me. I was right down. Most people voted for Caleb Williams, and I got no problem with that. I went back and forth, but I take it seriously. I looked at all the stats, and uh, and uh, and the, by the way, the guy I voted third didn't even go to New York. That surprise you? Uh, Hendon Hooker? Nope. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Oh, okay. I thought Bryce Young had a great year. I thought he had a he great did. year. I, so, and the fact that the the fact that Bryce Young didn't get to New York shocked me. Again, 
it's clear now it's evolving into how'd, how'd your team do? You know, that, that as, as Caleb said, the other three guys are all playing in the playoffs. You know, so I think, or do you think that CJ Stroud would have won if Ohio State beat Michigan? I do. Yeah, I think he would, or certainly would have been a really close, close vote. So I think, and I think the the team that kept CJ Stroud out of the conference championship game was significantly better than anybody Caleb Williams played all year. That that was, and I'm not penalizing him for who he didn't get to play, but he lost twice to a Utah team that realistically is the what do you figure? Uh, I don't even know where they're ranked, but what's Utah in the tenth best team, eighth best team? Is it the best? We're, yeah. we're, they're they're a top ten team. Michigan might be the best team in the country. In fact, other than Georgia, they probably are. So I thought the, the team that the, the team that CJ Stroud. But anyway, I, I'm good with either guy winning it. Congratulations to Caleb Williams, a very deserving winner. No problem with that at all. Really rattled by the Mike Leach story. Mike Leach massive heart attack until the Clarion Ledger reported it. We didn't know what it was, but you knew it was a big event. I don't know if it was pneumonia, COVID. But it's a heart attack. I, I, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Mike Leach. We had him on the show uh, at the SEC Media Days this past year. I've, I've told this story before about Mike Leach. I don't, everyone's got a Mike Leach story. I didn't know him very well. But I talked to him one time on the phone. My, my production company, Sports Day Productions, our production company, this was in, gosh, I want to say 0405, somewhere thereabouts. We were producing recruiting videos for schools. It was actually, it was actually like a TV show. We're doing half-hour TV shows for various schools. We did Alabama, Illinois, Florida. We did, uh, we did Tennessee. We did a bunch of schools. And what we would do is a it was a, a half-hour TV show about the school, but it was used for recruiting purposes. It was almost like a sports, like a like a college game day for one school, right? And uh, and we did this, and and a bunch of us did it together. And I was pitching it to various schools. We had about three or four schools. I think North Carolina did one. Four or five schools, or three or four schools signed up. So we were pitching it to Texas Tech when Leach was the coach there. So I got his number and I called him, and he knew I was calling him. I got him on the phone about 10 in the morning. I think we talked about 10.40. I mean, 40 minutes. 40 minutes on the phone with a college football coach who you didn't know before. I think somewhere around 10.35, I got to the pitch. (laughs) And he said, nah, Frank, we love it, love the idea, but we don't have the budget to do it but appreciate you thinking of us. That's how long the sales call took. The phone call took 40 minutes. We talked about life, law, sports, people we both knew. It was it was a wonderful conversation. Kind of esoteric, it went all over the place. But that it, I think describes him perfectly. Yeah, and it was uh and it was it was but I, that's the only time I talked to him. So Mike Leach uh, struggling right now. Uh Ross Dellinger I think is the one that sent the tweet out last night that Mike needs a miracle which means he's probably in a tough way, and I hope Mike Leach makes it. That's a very sad story, so uh, truly a sad story. Um, Are you surprised that this doesn't happen more often? Because if if Mike Leach doesn't make it, and hopefully he will, but if he succumbs to this, I can't think of another college football coach active in my lifetime dying on the job. And you would think with the stress level – well, that it brings, yeah. and a lot of these guys are older. Yeah, you would think that not that it happens every year, but that it would have happened more than once. And I mean, can you think of of somebody else that I, was I, a I, sitting head coach? I can't. I can't. I can't either. I can't. Hayes, and I and I don't know any any logical medical reason why not. But I will tell you this, and Mike probably doesn't qualify in this category, but most of the college football or NFL coaches too that I've known, particularly the college guys, stay in pretty good shape. I mean, I Spurrier always stayed in good shape. 
Bowden was never a heavy guy. If you look at the college football coaches you know, look at Nick Saban. He's 70 years old. He looks like he's in, doesn't he look in great shape for a 70-year-old guy. So I think most of those guys, because you're right, there's heavy stress, heavy, heavy stress. But I think most of those guys are relatively fit. I think they understand they have the best weight room in the world next to their office. You know, they have the best nutritionist in the world at their disposal. And I think not, not all, there's exceptions to the rule. Charlie Weiss is an exception, by the way, there's, there's others, but I think for the most part, the coaches that I've known fitness has been, I'm not saying they're, they're bodybuilders, but I think understanding the importance of fitness, which is what they talk to their players about all the time is not lost on them. It does surprise me because of the, not just the stress, but you're on the job for so many hours in a day that there's no way they yeah. get enough rest. You know, yeah. however that's supposed to be, however many hours that is for each person, but there's no way. And so then it also becomes harder to use the weight room and eat properly because you're working 20 hours a day sometimes. Yeah, but I think a lot of jobs do that too. You know, I hear you. And that's, that's Hayes, it's kind of the same point. Hayes is making it so stressful, so much goes into it. But again, I, I do think nutritionists, the best doctors, the best weight training facilities are right at your disposal. I mean, they are right there. So, and again, that doesn't mean every coach takes advantage of it, but most of the coaches I've known, they go get their workouts in. I mean, I mean, all, I mean, they're different. They're not all Ron Zook who's, who's, who's powerlifting. You know, some of them are guys that just, just go to the treadmill or the elliptical or, or, or but, and, and they also have the best strength coaches in the world with them. You know, hey, I, I'm this, I tweak this, I tweak this. Hey, I'm out of breath a little bit. I mean, nobody nobody works a job where that that's more uh, more available to them. The other thing I want to talk about is Grant Wall, um, the the legendary soccer writer uh, who died at Qatar while covering the World Cup. I hope it wasn't foul play. Um, he did uh, wear a rainbow shirt. His brother is gay, and 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 homosexuality is illegal in Qatar. And he wore a, a rainbow shirt uh, to speak out for his brother and other other gay people and he was told at one point he couldn't wear the shirt in now he eventually got in but it, that he made a big deal out of that and there's some people believe there was foul play that, that his death was connected to that I don't know I hope that's not the case I'm not a soccer fan I've read Grant stuff because he was a college basketball writer wrote a great story about the the, the, the 04s I don't know if you remember it or not about mm-hmm. Joe Kim Noah and uh, a fantastic story about Noah magnificently talented writer magnificently talented writer. Um, again, I didn't read his soccer stuff. You probably did, right? You probably read some of his Over stuff. the years. Yeah, sure. I, I haven't read his stuff, but I used to read his college basketball stuff. But what I was really touched by is the way the soccer community came together after his death. I mean, that was a cool thing. You talk, we, you talk about respecting various communities. I, I, talk, I like to talk a lot about the high school and college baseball community here in Jacksonville and how they've kind of rallied together to help walk off and other initiatives like it. Because those communities, the soccer community and the sports writing community, but both rallied uh, in sadness about what happened with um, with Grant Wall. Boy, the soccer community, and you could speak Lauren better to this than, than we can, but the soccer community really appreciated the way he championed the sport and the way he championed its cause. And knowing it was still a little bit of an underdog sport in our country, um, that was a cool thing. It's so sad to see Grant Wall uh, pass. But it was very cool to see the way the soccer community, um, which is a tight knit community, uh, rallied and, and 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 remembered him. Yeah, it certainly seems suspicious. Uh, he had just turned forty eight. He wasn't. He had tweeted that he was sick, but not that type yeah. of sick. And someone sitting next to him, you know, said that it he just basically collapsed. And so it it 
seems suspicious from yeah. you know here in the states. Uh, but more to your point, he he was not afraid to speak up about what he believed in, and I think that's what you saw with the soccer community, and that's what you saw with sports writers too. He put he was very passionate, very knowledgeable. Seemed like a, a great human being to be around, and also, he, yeah, he was not afraid, which that's why I certainly hope that it wasn't foul play. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with everything you guys said. Brilliant writer. Um, I think it's interesting. His body has been returned to the U.S. as of today, so you know, you you, you would like to think that now they will be able to determine right. exactly whether this was foul play or whether this was natural causes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a devastating loss. Yeah. It really, really a sad loss. Uh, the, the loss of fantastic sports writer, Grant Wall. All right, second rate. Let's get back to the Jaguars. When we come back. Hayes caught up with some of the key players on that Jaguars defense yesterday after the game. You'll hear from them after this. Who doesn't love a victory Monday? Our friends at the best bet do man head there right now. Today's the day that 12 days of Christmas high hand starts. Get out there. You're going to love it, man. They do a great job. That's the Jacksonville location. But, man, they have so much fun. All those fantastic, fantastic locations. That if you haven't been to the new one in St. Augustine, shame on you. It's right there on the interstate. Hard to miss, and it's fantastic. Orange Park is still rocking along. And, of course, that big Jacksonville location. We sure appreciate our friends for the best bet. They're about as good as it gets. I promise you that. Hey, it's a victory Monday. Boy, the defense was active yesterday against Ryan Tannehill. Let's start with defensive end or outside linebacker Arden Key, who's certainly a big part of that Jaguar pass rush. Nobody goes behind the scenes and inside the locker room better than Hayes Carlion. Here's Hayes with another one-on-one on The Frangie Show. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars defensive lineman Arden Key here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Man, congratulations. What a game today for you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, it was a game well needed, um, especially the performance we put out there last week. Um, it was, I felt like today was a, a sense of urgency during the week and the show game day. You guys got after Tannehill pretty hard right away. Trayvon gets it going with the strip sack. What you see out of him on that play? Ah, oh, man, great, man. That man never gives up. Uh, he just keep rolling, keep rolling, keep learning because he's a rookie. Um, and I think I think everything's coming 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 together. A lot of stuff clicking, and then we asking him to do a lot of stuff as a rookie. Play inside, play on the end, drop, rush. Um, all this, and I think he's starting to uh, separate a couple of things and take a small thing and going with it. Arden, talk me, talk through me through uh, your sack. What happened on that play? Uh, we ran a uh, we ran a test game. Uh, me and Trayvon ran a test game. Um, uh, I set it up perfectly. He came under, um, and actually, if you look at the play, Tannehill was going to throw the ball, and Trayvon put his hands up, and it made him bring the ball down. And he fell, and he fell to me. Um, that 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 there, and I think all the sacks that we had, pretty much was a good four four on one. Um, we rushed together well as four, um, and whoever got there first, that's the one that got the sack. Absolutely. And then you recovered a fumble. Uh, they were trying it looked like to maybe fool you guys with a snap there to Henry, uh, but you're able to get the ball away from him. What happened there? Uh, I just knew uh, it was different because Henry was uh, t- real tight on Tenaham, and I screamed it out on the field. Henry tight, tight. Um, so I knew it was some type of trickery because during the whole game he was kind of lined up right behind the tackle. Um, and then on that play he was literally shoulder to shoulder to Tenaham. So we kind of knew something was going up then. 
What's it like when you get the, just an avalanche of turnovers and, and you do it in this environment in a game that you guys have to have? What's that feeling like? Man, it feels great. Um, if you look at our record, we've been terrible on the road. Um, I think we won in some on the road. Um, and then to be on the road against a team like this, number one in the division, on top, man, it was great. Um, but like I, like I always say and I always believe, turnovers don't come unless you get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and I felt like we did that in and out on third downs, and we got rewarded for that. Arden, you've been in the league a while. What did you see out of Trevor Lawrence today and just the way he's been playing over the last month? Man, today Trevor played like a Hall of Famer. It was, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I don't know what clicked. I don't know what, but he was making throws. He was making guys miss. He was putting guys in the right position. Uh, he was taking control over the uh, the huddle. Um, it, was, it, it was just special to see him do what he did today. Arden Key, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations. Thank you. No problem. I love that story from Arden Key on the, the fumble on the exchange. He saw Derrick Henry lining up super close to Tannehill, and he called it out. And he said, this, this is a direct snap. This is They are doing something different here based on the alignment. That's the savviness that this organization has not had enough of over the last decade, and that, that's the kind of veteran play. So you expect it, they botch it, and Arden Key right there uh, to recover the fumble, huge play. You know what I think? And we're going to hear from some more defensive guys in a second. But you know what I think? I think there are good defensive pieces once the key stuff's there. If you had a great pass rusher or a great defensive lineman, then I think the smoots and the keys are pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you had a little better, one more real good c- cover corner, they could keep guys covered a little bit longer. So I think some of the, the, the pieces are there. Um, one of those pieces is key. The other is Dewan Smoot, who plays so, so, so hard. Hayes caught up with him as well. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars defensive lineman Dewan Smoot here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Man, it's great to see you. What a win today. Great to see you as well, yes. It's a hell of a win, you know. We're getting closer to our goal, uh, winning the division, so this is just one step, you know, moving closer. It's it's hadn't happened here since 2013. What does this one mean to you? You've been to Nashville so many times and, and unfortunately had to leave with a loss. What does this win mean to you personally? I mean, it means a lot. We've been close sometimes, you know. Sometimes we've been here, so it means a lot. You know, all, all this work that we put in for the last, for me, for the last six years, trying to be trying to beat him here but it just feels great you know just turn over a new leaf you and Trayvon get it going uh he strip sacks Tannehill but you're able to get the ball uh a crucial turnover there what 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 happened on that play uh we just stuck to our plan you know we we ran a stunt and they end up sliding uh, me and Josh's way so me and Josh <laughs> we kind of got thrown out the club but you know l- luckily I was right there uh, to be able to uh, you know get that phone recovery you know Trey had a great rush on that as well too so he just came around and got it off of sure and the offense did a great job of capitalizing on the takeaways you guys gave them today how pleasing was that to see it was great you know it's, it's good to see that the, you know the offense they're clicking and it was clicking today trevor was looking like a hall of famer today moving around the pocket making the right making the right throws making the right decisions so i mean it, it was great to see the offense really click today in terms of uh, henry he he got going early but you guys were able to hold him to about 30 yards after that first quarter any adjustments there anything changed no it's just, it's just the intensity you know we we know we know what they like to do we know that you know if uh derrick henry gets off you know that that's that's what they that's what they live and die by so you know bottling him up and making sure that he wasn't getting out of there and make sure there's no big plays that that's the key to beating tennessee you gotta you gotta stop derrick henry so many of you guys made sacks or recovered fumbles or forced fumbles today. Arden said that you guys were really rushing well in unison. Did you feel that today, the chemistry out there? Oh, definitely. You know, uh, 
Mikey definitely entrusted us with just a lot more straight rushes, just a lot more man-to-man. And, you know, we took, we took advantage of our one-on-ones and we did what we had to do today. So, you know, we're, we're just hoping that that trust continues and we just keep doing, keep doing what we're doing. The one you guys are two back and they have to come to Jacksonville in the finale. What, how, how big was this win in terms of staying in this race? Oh, it was huge. You know, we, we have a plan. And um, I'm pretty sure me and you talked as well, too. We talked about winning the division. We got we to gotta beat Tennessee twice and we got to beat uh, Texans. So, you know, it's just one step closer to where we, where we need to be. Dewan Smoot, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations on a huge win. Thank you. I was so happy for Dewan Smoot to finally get a win in Nashville. And, uh, and again, you know, the, the Trayvon Walker play is huge. But if the Titans recover that fumble, who knows, you know, what kind of impact it ends up making on the game. Dewan Smoot, presence of mind, sees the ball, falls on it, recovers the fumble. Jaguars score a touchdown, game on. He's a good guy, isn't he? Great I'm, guy. I almost stepped in front of you. He's a good guy. And he gets, I get excited when I hear him talk. Yeah, he's a good dude. He, yeah, he's he fun. I, I hope he becomes a better and better player because he's a fun guy to interview. All right, one more guy. This guy's pretty good, too. He was only the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Huge play. They had the tight end, a Conquo, a Quanco trying to block him. That wasn't going to work. Then the left tackle on the same play tried to peel back and block him. That wasn't going to work. Ran right through them and destroyed Ryan Tannehill. I'm talking about Trayvon Walker, the subject of this final. Uh, Hayes Carline, one-on-one from Nashville. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars outside linebacker Trayvon Walker on 1010XL 92.5 FMS. Great to see you. Congratulations. As well. Thank you. How, uh, how are you feeling? Feeling good. Yeah. Yes, sir. Talk to us about the strip sack on Tannehill. What happened on that play? Uh, I mean, just, I mean, I had to, had to get back there. I had a tight end blocking me, so I was like, once I seen that tight end come out to him, just like burn the edge. And once I got around the edge, did my shoulder. Sack. When did you see uh, Smoot get the ball, and how happy were you to force that first? I didn't. See, I, didn't I felt the ball come out when I hit it, but I didn't see any uh, who had recovered it. I had just rolled over, but I figured that we had it. Trayvon, how much did you feel like you needed a game like this, and the in the pass rush needed a game like this? Uh, I mean, we definitely needed a game like this. We've been in the hole for a couple of weeks now, and then especially coming off a week like last week. Um, obviously, we didn't get out of the pass, so we lost. We. we we didn't play well at all last week, so uh, just coming off of that game, we had a lot of had a lot of felt like baggage on our shoulders that we just wanted to get off, and we just went out there and handled business and played the ball that we know we could play. It seemed like you and Arden really had a good thing going today as well. You sort of force a pressure. He gets the sack on that, and it seems like everybody just worked really well in conjunction. Did you feel that out there? Uh, most definitely. Like you said, multiple guys had sacks today, and obviously, like you said, everybody we worked four as one today, and when we, when we rushed like that, uh, it definitely impacts the game to help us win. What'd you see out of Trevor Lawrence today? Trevor, he was amazing. Trevor, he he's always been amazing, make great plays. Uh, he seemed like he was very confident out there with making some extended plays, and he played well. Trayvon, thanks so much for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, good to see Trayvon Walker uh, walking around. Finally, appeared in the locker room, so hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be good and, and great to see as as he used in, in his phrase there, burn the edge because he certainly burned it uh, getting to Tannehill to force. Uh, just gargantuan turnover, and uh, again, it, if if this becomes a special improbable run to an AFC South title, uh, the strip sack by Trayvon Walker, the absolute smashing of Quarterman on Henry, yes, those are plays that you know we might be talking about for decades. Yeah, it was it was a, that it was that game. You know, it was I'm telling you, it was as quiet as I heard it. It was that game, wasn't it? I mean, you could feel that. I'm telling you, on the buses, on the plane, on the back, way back. You could feel it. Could you sense it in the locker room too? Oh yeah. You could sense. You could just sense, man. 
that there was something special about that day in 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 Nashville. You could it felt that way. You could feel it. You you, you could. I mean, I, I could just sense it. That again, I, I said at the top of the program today, there has not been in my mind there have not been that many. I've not have seen an opposing stadium that quiet. I, I haven't. I haven't. I mean, it was. I mean, Lauren, you could you could hear a pin drop, man. I mean, it was it was almost eerie a little bit. I had friends who went to the game. They were part of the Bold City tailgate uh, yeah. yesterday that you had quote tweeted that picture, which is great. Uh, they said it was unbelievable. Yeah, and by the way, those guys rock. Mm-hmm. John Capuno, Cap, Bold City Cap, who built that thing. It's a worldwide booster club. It is real. It's real. That's pretty magnificent. I mean, they all get together. There were hundreds of them, it looked like. there. Mm-hmm. We, I wasn't able to go because I had stuff and I, cause I couldn't meet the guys, but a lot of the guys, uh, Tony, and he went and Tony spoke to him. I think might even bought him a few drinks. Uh, Jeff, uh, some of those guys that before we went to our dinner, were over to go, we were able to go by there. Nice. It was just a great. I mean, I, I, I cannot. The Bold City Brigade, how loyal they are to that team, no matter how many struggles that team's had. And Cap is built. Do you know, do you know Cap? Bold City Cap? You know, John? We've had him on the show. Yeah, that's right. He's a good dude, man. He, he, the, the, what they've done, that is, that is good stuff, man. They, they have, they've worked really hard. They, lo- they love that freaking team, man. They love that team. And the, the crowd was, it was amazing. And they, they weren't going anywhere yesterday. I said, this place is empty. And I think Tony just said, no, I didn't. Look over there. Look at all that teal over there. They weren't going anywhere. And, and Trevor was high-fiving them at the end of the game. I don't think they showed that on TV. They did not show that on TV. They talked about on TV yeah. the fact that Dewey was yeah. going up to the fans and, and having fun with them. But it was so, so uh, Bold City Brigade folks, uh, tip of the cap to you. I thought that was uh, – I was overwhelmed by watching uh, uh, that trip. And they go to Nashville all the time, but that, that one really just kind of grabbed me. So – Nice work with them. We'll take a break. More in a moment. 10 Tennessee on 82.5 FM. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson with you as we continue along on this Best Bet Monday. Watched a little bit of that game last night. You know, 1.2 was 3 of 17. Yeah, he was dreadful. 3 of 17. I picked the Chargers, so. You did. For my yeah. game pick up, I was thrilled with it. I yeah. did not get to watch it since we were at the wedding. Uh, but following along, it seemed like the, the Chargers coaches did a much better job and, than the Dolphins And coaches. didn't you get the sense, too, Hayes, that his, his arm looked weak, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was almost it was awkward looking how many times he threw and a defensive guy made up the ground. It was a, it's a weird we – got, we got back. I was home by about 8.40 last night. So we, we got on the oh, plane. Oh, wow, that's early. We came right back. Yes, I watched most of it. It was, it was an odd game, I thought. It was a, a really odd game, and again, it's uh, it was surprising to me because I haven't seen a lot of Dolphins football this year, uh, and so you know I was looking forward to to watching it, uh, and I haven't seen much of of Herbert other than the the game against the Jaguars, uh, so I was looking forward to watching it, and uh, I mean Tua did not look anywhere near uh, a player that uh, it. it is having the season that he's having. I mean, right now, Tua is second in the NFL in passer rating at 108.2, 22 touchdowns, five picks. That's after last night's debacle and really was unimpressive. So I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if maybe the pressure of, of going up against Herbert, because uh, obviously he's been very sensitive to that uh, being selected ahead of him. I don't know if that bothered him or, uh, you know, because the Chargers really were down a significant amount of their defense. They didn't have Bosa. They didn't have Derwin James. And, uh, and Miami ran the ball pretty well. But uh, but Tua just was not in sync at all. So uh, it, it was interesting for me. He's having, obviously, a spectacular season. But last night just was atrocious. 
Yeah, and I think Justin Herbert, we knew he was a really good quarterback. And just because the team around him sometimes isn't as good, I think people lose sight of that. Yeah, I, I, it, it's interesting stuff. What about um, so? What about this Dallas team? We the, the game was going on at the same time our game was going on, um, but they almost lost to, to they almost lost at home to the Houston Texans of all teams. Are they leaking oil, or was it just one of those games? One of those games. It's the worst thing that could have happened uh, for the Jaguars because now obviously they're going to treat it like a loss this week, and you know they're going to come in and and probably be much sharper. Um, I think the Cowboys are. I you know I I don't know if they'll be able to shed the label of underachiever. You know I don't know what they'll do in the playoffs, but they're ten and three. They've won six of seven. They're plus one thirty one in point differential. They're outstanding. I mean, they, there's they're going to present a lot of problems for the Jaguars on both sides of the ball. They have forty eight sacks. Uh, the sack percentage is first in the league. Uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty remarkable what they've been able to do in terms of getting after the opposing quarterback. And they have finally, after three years, realized that Pollard is their best back. And he's responded with uh, an unbelievable season. He's averaging 5.7 yards a carry, nine touchdowns. He's averaging 9.6 yards a reception with three more scores. Uh, and, and Zeke is having a solid season. He's got 716 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns. But uh, they are dynamic in the backfield. C.D. Lamb is has really emerged. He's going to go over 1,000 yards in all likelihood this coming Sunday. He's at 961. Dalton Schultz uh, has a really good rapport with Dak Prescott, so he he presents problems at, at the tight end position. This feels like a really bad matchup for the Jaguars going in, a game that – the Jaguars are going to have difficulty protecting Trevor Lawrence, and he's going to have to play fantastic in spite of that because it's hard to imagine the Jaguars winning this game unless they're in the 30s. The uh, least amount of points they have scored was that 27 yesterday against the, against the Texans. They have been 28 or north of 28 every game since uh, beating Detroit 24-6 to seventh week of the season so they, they can really score we know they can really score and it's going to be that and it's going to be that kind of a game it's going to be a little cooler could be a little bit wet but it's going to be it looks like it's in the 50s it's going to be a cool game for by our standards sure yeah i the cowboys defense scares me and i know the offense very, has all the weapons. very good their defense is is yeah what would keep me up at night uh, if i'm doug peterson this week are you concerned at all about Dante Fowler Jr.'s return? Nah, I'm not. I, I think it's going to be – I mean, you know, you know Dante, Dante is. If he wants to play, he's very good. When he doesn't want to play, he's just okay. There's bigger things to worry about. To Hayes' point, they're going to score. Now, they're good defenders. Look, they're 10-3. and three. They have a good team. They have a really good team. But the, I've told you guys I think they're better than the Eagles. I, I've been saying that. So I would pick them to, to beat the Eagles. But you got to play the game. The game's going to be here. I'm going to employ every Jacksonville fan to get out to go watch that game. And – uh and I think the Jags can score. I, I think, uh, listen, the Texans almost beat them. And, and the Jags, I think, are way better than the Texans. And, look, the NFL's like that. It happens sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, you play the game. I, I, I can't, and, and I keep thinking about what this will mean and the significance of this if the Jags win this game. I, I just I can't, I can't let go of that for a while. So. Did Jeff Driscoll take over for Davis Mills yesterday? I think he did because he was in the I game. I thought he had a touchdown. Yeah, and he threw a touchdown to Amari Rodgers, who basically was left for dead in Green Bay yeah. uh, after being selected in the third round uh, out of Clemson. 
And so I saw Driscoll hit Amari Rogers on a 28 yarder, but and so it looked like that was a gimmick. But I think Driscoll was in on the uh, on the final series because the Texans got stopped on fourth down, which is what enabled Dallas to go down and kick the uh, or score the game winning touchdown. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. So Driscoll had 33 snaps. Davis Mills had 33 snaps. So split 50 50. That will um, be interesting if Jeff Driscoll all of a sudden yeah. becomes the Texans starting quarterback for the final few games. And what about the 49ers? Is it does it not are they so good? They're good defensively. They lost Debo during the game that it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. I mean, I, I picked them to Looks win. Looks that way. I picked them to win, but I didn't think that. I, I didn't Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy it was, he was amazing. Really, yeah, really really kind of a funky looking style to him, but I mean it all, it, I'm almost wondering if it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. That guy's a That's good coach, what man. the evidence would tell you, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. that it with Kyle Shanahan, it doesn't. I mean, again, even looking at great players like Matt Ryan, had his best year, won the MVP with Kyle Shanahan. You now look at San Francisco and, and what they've been able to do. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been successful, then they get rid of him. Basically, he's not even with them in camp. I mean, he's technically on the team, but he's not practicing with them because they want to move on to Trey Lance. Lance gets hurt, bring Garoppolo back. It's seamless. How does that happen? Um, and then uh, a seventh round, late seventh round pick steps in for you. Uh, it's now your third quarterback, and he's playing great. So it, I think it's a tribute to John Lynch in terms of their scouting and certainly Kyle Shanahan for their development because – you always wonder when a guy steps in and has one good game if the opponent was somewhat surprised, didn't really know the strengths and weaknesses, or kind of caught off guard. I mean, Tampa knew this was coming and really had no answers for Brock Purdy. But how about that division, by the way, the, the NFC South? How about that division? Bad division. The Panthers are one game out. I know. The, the Panthers with an interim coach without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bucks are 6-7. and seven. The Panthers and the Falcons are both five and eight. The Saints are four and nine. They're all in it because they're so bad. I mean, we we can say all we want about our division, better than that division. I, mean, I, I think they're pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, well, they, and they are similar. And meanwhile, the uh, obviously the the East is very good. Interesting year in the NFL. As you look back, I suppose the Vikings are going to hold going to win the North because the Lions got started too late. Yeah, they're four games back, so yeah. that's that's probably the Lions are yeah. I think hoping for four games wild back card. with four to play. Yeah, yeah. so you so you so you, but I mean, but I'm not sure the Vikings are the better team. I mean, the, the well, the Lions beat them yesterday and and beat them soundly and beat them soundly. So I mean, it it is a, I mean it's a it's a bizarre year in the NFL. It's cool seeing DJ Chark have such a a nice couple weeks coming back from the injury because he was really good for Detroit in Week One. Then he I think hurt his ankle was out for basically six or seven weeks. And you wonder, it's a one-year deal for Chark. You wonder, you know, you feel bad for him. Uh, then he comes back for the Thanksgiving game, doesn't have a ton of yards, but does score a touchdown, and they're lost to Buffalo. Obviously had a very good game against the Jaguars and had another strong game yesterday, uh, caught another deep touchdown. So uh, Jared Goff, DJ Chark right now, an underrated connection in the NFL. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a little bit like the Jags. They're going to be kicking themselves in the middle of or the end of the the year. I was say middle of December. I guess we're in the middle of December. They're going to be kicking themselves at the end because if they'd have just gotten going a little earlier, you know, 
a little bit early. Oh, absolutely. By the way, if I told you that Justin Jefferson had 11 catches for 223 yards, which is what he did, uh, you would have told me the Vikings are winning that football game. Yeah, you just thought they won the game. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, no question about it. It's an interesting game. I mean, he's no Caleb on chase on, but he's (laughs) he's a great player. Who got some playing time yesterday? Well, yeah, he's the backup to Trayvon. I mean, he he's, he is the backup. At, when when it went up, he's the backup at that spot. He got but a taunting I, fly. But I, I always say, <laughs> I'm glad they made that pick. Yeah, because they do not have Trevor Lawrence. Right. That's a good without point. that pick. That's a really. You know what? You're right about that. You're exactly. And who knows where this thing's headed with Trevor Lawrence? My goodness. Uh, the Bills ten and three. The Chiefs ten and three. Uh, nobody else that good in the AFC. Is that still the creme de la creme? Because you know who's coming on? The Bengals are coming on, aren't they? They are, Keep actually. Keep the Bengals. Yeah, I think they're going to win the North. So they're tied with the Ravens. Yeah. The Ravens, it, it's, it's almost, it seems like it's becoming a tradition where they get to December and it's like, okay, who's left? Everybody's mm-hmm. hurt. They're now down two quarterbacks. Lamar's hurt. Uh, Huntley got hurt yesterday on a vicious hit. I mean, it was a clean hit, but, right. but a hard hit. So they end up beating the Steelers with their uh, third quarterback. Uh, so... But, you know, how sustainable is that going to be? Cincinnati obviously has got such a tremendous offense with Burrow and Chase, and they're, they're dealing with some injuries as well, but they still have their two main stars. So they're tied. That's the only game I was looking at this last night in Nashville because I'm a sick man um, <laughs> because I'm convinced that if Week 18 becomes – for the AFC South, are you flexing games? It will be flexed you, into prime time. Are you dead in the? Are you, yes. Let me ask you this. I want you going, a prime time mode? game in Jacksonville for the division. That's that? my dream. You got to have a dream. That's He's my in dream. Flex mode. I've so, seen Carlion flex before. So here's what we need to hope for. Here's what we need to hope for. The Ravens and the Bengals have the same exact record, and they play that same week. So we don't need that game coming down. To the division because they will take that game. They will take Burrow and Lamar uh, in the north over the south. So if you're hoping for Jaguars Titans to be in prime time when the Jaguars eliminate the Titans from the postseason by winning the AFC South <laughs> and completing the most glorious comeback that we've seen since '96, um, the Ravens. Cincinnati game we need not to be for the AFC North so we need some separation one way or another over these next four weeks so that that game is not deciding the AFC North he's Blutarski right now forget it he's rolling <laughs> yeah okay there's there's no chance they're gonna they're gonna flex us till the nighttime but I love it why love wouldn't it. they I don't know is I that just, maybe I the, one of the only games that it will be the only game yeah for it that, that will that will be the game they flex I love they because it. it's the one that will be the playoff game wouldn't that be great Winner wins the division, and, me, and there you, could are you, be. Are you telling me Tariqo and Collinsworth are coming here? I'm saying they could on a Sunday night in January. <laughs> they could if saying? if the Jaguars take care of their business first, and the Titans continue to lose, and the Ravens and Bengals, uh, Bengals do not have the same. If they are not competing for the North, that's the only other game when you look at the Week 18 slate that I think you have to worry about being ahead of Jaguars Titans Chris for the Collins division. Work, Melissa start. I love it. Uh 7 days ago we were sitting here <laughs> with the Jaguars having lost 40 to 14 to the Lions right. thinking this team is going nowhere. The, the selling, the sell- a week later we get to talk about the playoffs Bas- potentially. Vasily and I are laughing about that cuz we all do it. Vasily <laughs> and I are laughing about that on the play. And, and, and by the way, other teams do it too. It's not just us, but we all do it. Yeah, we the were just Jaguars, talking about the 
the Jaguars lose. They're never going to win another game. They're terrible. This is awful. They win when they go to the Super Bowl. I wonder what bands are playing that week. And, and we, Basile and I were laughing about that on the plane. I got thinking, they do this in every other market too, by the way. Every other up and down. Because the, the NFL, other than a handful of teams, there's a handful of really good teams, a handful of really sucky teams. Everybody else is up and down. It's the up and down league. You know? We were just talking about the Lions. The Lions at one point this season lost 29 to nothing to the Patriots. Now the Lions are beating their chests after beating the Jaguars, obviously, soundly, and then the Vikings. Like it, it, That's how wild it is. It is going to be a fun last, last month, though. It really is. If, yeah, Potentially. I'm you, it could I'm be. I'm telling you. If the good guys can get that thing on Sunday, I, I know, I know, but I know, I know they're 10-3 and three and the NFC's good. And, but man, if you could get that one, boy, would that one resonate, wouldn't it? My goodness. I think it would really compare to beating Seattle in 2017 yeah. when Seattle was elite. And, mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson was throwing dimes every Absolutely. week. He made some throws in that game that curled your hair, man. Yeah. He really did. And, and Seattle the Seahawks came player in. tried to go in the stands. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, that's uh, right. Yeah, remember that? I forgot about and, that. And the Jaguars beat the Seahawks that day. And, and to me, that was sort of their real announcement to the league of, not only are we good, we could legitimately win the Super Bowl, yeah, be that good. And and look, it, I mean, that's win the Super Bowl, not for this team. But but if they're able to beat Dallas, it would certainly be a massive affirmation of they're on the right page, and and it and it would put a lot of pressure on the Titans because if they lose then to the Chargers, well now you're a game back, right? And you still have the week where you have to play Dallas when the Jaguars play the Texans, right? right. And so again, it's it's probably not going to matter. Uh, because even if they're tied going in, uh, the, the final game would would still be for the division. But but yeah, you 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 would love to see the Jaguars uh, take down the Cowboys, who again have won ten games and won six of seven. We'll take a break. When we come back, Johnny O's here. The Ozone will talk more Jaguar football. Stay with us. Now it's time for the O Show with John Osher from Jaguars.com. Oh oh. oh. Johnny O's here. Oh, Johnny, that was a good one yesterday. Yeah, it, it, it was, uh, you know. It was fun, John. Everything. Fun in the sun is what that was. I think Jaguars fans uh, fantasized about being possible. Yeah, right. Came true for them yeah. yesterday. So that was cool. They haven't won since 13 there. They played better. Uh, there's still some concerns defensively. The running game wasn't much, but let's not bury the lead. That was the coronation for Trevor. And Lauren made that point earlier. That was the game. Look, he's. Ten touchdowns and no picks in the last three, so it wasn't mm-hmm. the only game. But boy, John, I thought he made some big boy play. I mean, listen, you you got to watch Peyton all those yeah. years, and we've all seen the great quarterbacks. And it was only one game, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But boy, it was a special. Seriously, it was a special game. Yeah, I I, I kind of thought that the Baltimore game uh, was that was the coming out in your mind. But to me, that's when. I sort of knew that I wasn't going to have to sit there and think, is he go- is right. he going to be that guy? Certainly, doing it again, doing uh, doing it for the whole game, uh, on the road in that in that venue against that team. Uh, you know, I think the last four or five weeks total have shown you that uh, since the Denver game. Uh, Ten touchdowns, no interceptions. Everybody knows the stats by now. I actually got an email from somebody today saying, look, can't we just say that he played good? Do you have to call him special just because he, <laughs> he had a good game? Um, I sort of get the inclination of – Who said that? Uh, a reader, you know, yeah, just yeah. – but the thing is, I'm usually somebody to pump the brakes on 
on things. Let's see it again and again and again. I think you're seeing it. It, it. It's the things you're seeing him do. I understand Jaguars fans get worried about, well, we saw this this one time. or You're talking about five weeks of, of, of consistently special things that you can't do the things he's doing and have it be a fluke. He's going to be really, really, really good. Or yeah. it is really, really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Uh, you asked Doug a really uh, interesting question post game yesterday about uh, every once in a while. Hayes. Every once in a while, this was your quote. I throw him a bone yeah. every once in a while. Um, but uh, but pride was a big part of that question coming off the the Lions game. What what did they show you? Uh, and and how did you feel like Doug responded in terms of well getting off the mat and, and playing as well as they did after the the poor performance in Detroit? I think beyond pride, it's well, and uh, pride was a part of it, but. You're talking about a situation where for the last decade, and it has been every year that circumstance, but it, it has seemed like every year in December, they go up there, they fall behind, 7 nothing, 14-7 early, something happens bad. Derrick Henry has a 50-yard run. I mean, that 50-yard run, it felt like it was his shortest run against the Jaguars. Right. So <laughs> that scene has repeated itself. And you're talking about a team that was four and eight, and even though you talked about playoffs all last week, c- couldn't you have envisioned, envisioned that fourteen seven lead becoming twenty four seven, and becoming the same sort of thing we've seen? And it didn't. So I, I thought that's what it showed you that beyond anything else, this team truly believes in itself. It still believes in his message. It's different. We've been saying all year that it's different. But that game seemed to show that it's different. Yes, Trevor was a huge part of it. But just overall, the defensive plays, it's not a great defense. It's not going to be a great defense. But it it kept efforting yesterday, and the effort gave it turnovers that mattered and allowed them to pull ahead and win. And isn't it even more impressive, John, that Trevor Lawrence had that performance after not practicing every day this past week? Yeah, I mean – I think that shows you um, some mental ability to grasp, to go process. Uh, I don't really remember. I covered Peyton for 10 years. He was very fortunate all those years to have maybe no health issues. I don't remember missing a practice. So I never really seen that, hadn't been up close to it, Uh, you know, it didn't shock me that he was able to do it, but I certainly think it says something about his ability uh, to retain, to process, to prepare. Um, I I don't know that it's more impressive than if he had practiced. It was it it was just super impressive that it happened. In the last three weeks, three different receivers have had hundred yard games. Zay Jones had the one forty five two weeks ago. Buck nine for Christian Kirk last week. He's done it a few times, and then the big game for Evan Ingram. Um, look, John. Unless you've got Pro Bowl receivers all over the place, which they don't, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen unless you've got a really good quarterback. I mean, I think that's probably the thing. And Doug, and Doug does game plan for certain receivers. That's very clear. But I, I do. I, I think. Look, I, I said this. I tweeted this, and I, and I and, and I'll get ahead of myself if I have to. Teams that get that really good coach and that really special quarterback because they don't come along very often. Yeah. They go in, they go, they become elite. I mean, I'm sure Tony Dungy's a wonderful coach. I know he's a good friend of yours. I know he's sure he's a wonderful coach. He was a wonderful coach two different places. But you put he and Peyton together, they win a Super Bowl. Yeah. 
Uh, Belichick and Brady together win a Super Bowl. Andy Reid and Mahomes together win Super Bowls. I, again, I know there's a lot more to do, but it's your and – I, and I don't care if people think I'm getting ahead of myself. At least the cheekbones are there in that part of it. They really are. Well, it's uh, – yeah, and none of it happens – doesn't matter how great a coach you are, you're not going to move out of the quarterback. Correct. Um, and I, I think Doug's starting to sense it, starting to feel it. Um, it's got a chance to be special. Yeah. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, I also was impressed with Trevor when it comes to really didn't get any help from the ground game. Uh, ETN held the 1.9 yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's going to be games, even if ETN is, is a great player, where the running game just isn't there and the quarterback's got to kind of take it over, and I thought that was great to see as well. Well, that's sort of the second time in three weeks that's happened too. I mean, and, and it's it's uh, it's been a pretty remarkable acceleration from – wondering what was going to happen with Trevor each week, uh, not really knowing, uh, believing he was going to be special but not being sure to the ability to not only do what you're talking about, Hayes, but do it against really good defenses. And I know the Titans are not a great defense overall statistically, but they came into that game the best team in the league on third down defense. Uh, The Ravens aren't what they were, but they're still really good. For a young quarterback to be able to do what he's done and to, I hate the phrase, carry a team, but in those two games he really did, uh, it's been very impressive on that front. And the acceleration, maturity, uh, and ability to handle that and ability to see has been remarkable. And I didn't expect six weeks ago to be talking about Trevor like this. I expected to be talking about him in terms of his potential and et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, I mean, he's, in the last few games, he's done things where you say, I'm not sure what else you would have asked for. This could have been a 430, 440-yard game the the other day. The ball uh, to Zay Jones is around the money. Mm -hmm. I don't fault Zay Jones for not catching it because there was contact there. I don't think it was interference necessarily, but it it was a tough catch because of the circumstance. He had to make it with one hand. But that may have been his best throw of the day. Right. And so doing special things that are above the X's and O's and then combining that with real consistency, accuracy, reading it, right now he's doing everything you could ask for. He certainly is. Do you think the team is talking about playoffs? Yeah. I mean, I think they should be now for the first time because it's realistic. now. If you beat Dallas, I think you're making it. I don't think they're going to beat Dallas – not because, I mean, the Jaguars are doing, but Dallas is really, really good. They might be one of the two or three best teams in the league. But if you beat them, you know, why wouldn't you be talking about yeah, it? Right, right now, why wouldn't you be talking about it? They have essentially the same schedule as the Titans. I'm sure you guys have talked about it, except for the fact that the outlaw or, or, or the odd game is that it, it, Titans have to go to the Chargers and win. Right. And the Jaguars have to go to the Jets and win. Right. Well, the Chargers are playing really, really well, and the Jets aren't. So, on on paper, this is very achievable, except for the fact that you have to win five games in a row at the end of the season. Right. Makes it hard, but it is not an absurd proposition anymore. Bottom line is, it's December 12th, and we're talking about it. Yeah. It's been a long time. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want John to talk about some of the concerns. Is Trayvon Walker healthy? 
Uh, will they get the running game going? Do we see now what Trayvon Walker needs to be with his hand on the ground? That's next to The P word, or you just focus on this well, is our, on the P word playoffs. Will you will you will you make mention? Would you make mention of that at all? I <laughs> no, I, well, I didn't. Under, I thought it was a D word. I, could, I didn't know what it was. I, I'm like, what word? Is that a carrot you would throw out there, or do you just focus on the opponent? No, I, you know, no, I I really don't. Um, I, but yet, I do want to show the team kind of where we are and, and what's in front of us and kind of what's at stake. I think it's it's my job to kind of keep those goals in front of us. John, will you please explain to me what just happened? <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's, I'm a little shell shocked. Okay, okay, just that was Gene Fernandez asking Doug Gene. Peterson about the P word. P word. He was referring to playoffs. Sure. Doug apparently had no idea what he was referring to. Is that what that would you? I'm trying to get to the bottom of that. That sometimes happens. I'm a bit of a journalist when these things happen. Okay. Gene's questions. Yeah. Okay. That was a what a moment. Well, it's it's you're right there for it, John. But you, it's you, not you, in the top ten. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not in the top ten. All right. One more segment with Johnny O. Hey. Um. Okay. Isn't Trayvon Walker a hand on the ground guy now? I mean, don't we now kind of know that? Yeah. I mean, I think predominantly, although he made a really big time tackle in coverage yesterday he did. that you can see why uh, there are situations where you want him running around back there too. I mean, he, he's, uh, it seems like they're getting closer to figuring out where they want to use him right now. Uh, and I think you will see him with his hand on the ground more, especially this year. And then perhaps as he gets really comfortable with that, you can move him around, use the versatility, et cetera. But it feels like they're going to use him with his hand on the ground a lot more. How did you feel like Devin Lloyd played? <laughs> he, can't, he can't get me on. He's not get me on. It's still. Um, he was talking about an intelligent question. And you really wanted to ask me about Gene again. Didn't you? <laughs> it, it, it was there. Uh, Doug seemed to think he played okay. Uh, so I think he probably played okay. I mean, I. I think with Lloyd, it's going to be much the same thing. I think you're going to be waiting until next year. Uh, see what he is. Where he can really, okay, here's what I did this year. Sit down with coaches. Hayes is still laughing, so that's good. Um, Sorry, I've derailed Hayes. I sit down with coaches and decompress and uh, let it sit for a while and then come back and put him in the position where you want him to be so that he can see it and not be thinking out there. What scares you the most about the Cowboys? Well, um, their talent everywhere and their really good defense worries you that can they hold the Jags to low 20s and then can the Jags against this defense get to the point level where you feel like they, they're going to need to win. The thing that's relatively encouraging is they're a power running team that depends on the on 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 the run. Um, there have been times this year where the Jaguars have been good against that. I don't know if they were great against against uh, Derrick Henry. I think I think it's a scary matchup because I think I think Dallas it, is really good and can out talent people, and that's what worries you against this team. Do the Jaguars have the horses all over the field to match up against this team? But and they now have the quarterback that can trump that. And I don't know. Dallas has a good team. Uh, I mean, they're 10-3. and three. They're really good on defense, and they've got stars on offense. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know that Dak Prescott is going to riddle you even the way Jared Goff did. He's, he's a good no. player. You know, I mean, Dallas was Detroit was built to attack Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not very good as a pass rushing team and not very good in the secondary, and that's who Detroit will be good against. I mean, right. they, they, it's almost like they're a West Coast go 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 go. Dallas doesn't surprise, play like that. Surprise, surprise! Detroit might be the hottest team, right? You know, yeah, in the NFC right now. Not, I mean, not hotter than Philly, but they're up there. And not only that, but their style of play, yeah. was never was going to be an awful matchup for Jacksonville. Dallas's style of play is more kind of between that and what Tennessee yeah. and the Ravens are. The scenario for the Jags is you stop the run a little bit, do what you did yesterday get Dallas into some passing situations. Their offensive line has had some injuries now. Um, and then Dak, unlike previous years, I, I think the stat is he has nine interceptions in eight games. Right. He is usually not a throw-you-the-ball guy historically in his career, but when they have uh, flubbed this year, that has been where they stubbed their toe. Stop him a little bit, force a mistake, get the crowd behind you, and and then start doing what you did yesterday, which is get a lead. Um, I thought that was the key for the Jaguars defensively yesterday. For the first time in a while, all of a sudden when they got a lead and, and they got the Titans in some passing situations, they took advantage of it and rushed the passer. Maybe that's what they can do against Dallas. Do you get the sense that the Titans are crumbling? Um, a little, uh, maybe – enhanced by the fact they fired their GM last week. Uh, the belief up there and talking to some uh, people in the media who have known for a long time is that the roster has maybe a struggling roster has been hidden a little bit by the fact they really know how to play their game. They know how to play to Henry. They're in a division that's not great. Uh, the feeling among the media people I talk to is that uh, what you're saying is true. I don't know that they're crumbling but they're not as solid as they were. Certainly, it appeared yesterday that they are a franchise who, for the Jaguars, is very catchable for the first time in a long time. I loved that Doug Peterson put together a video to basically tell the players how much the Titans have bullied them for so long. I love that. Yeah, and I said this morning on our Drive Time show, it felt like yesterday, if he hadn't already, Doug sort of, got in lockstep with the fans a little bit mm-hmm. of, you know, understanding. And I don't think that's why he did it. I think he did want to establish to the Jaguars players, look, this game matters. This is who you got to go beat. And they've been beating our rear ends for too long. Uh, here's why this game should matter to you. And it felt necessary because, frankly, this is a team, meaning Jaguars players, you know, Smoot gets it, Allen gets it, Shatley gets it. But you've also got a locker room full of Christian Kirks and Zay Jones who, even though their teammates may talk about it, yeah. to see it and to fully understand it and to have heard it on radio or whatever all week, I'm sure looking at that, everybody went, yeah, you know what, this is BS. It is time to stop this. There, there are a final thing, and I do believe this. Um there, everybody, Jack, uh, Jack, the NFL is a macho sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, pro sports are macho anyway, but I mean, football is really a macho sport. And in a macho sport, you got to say you're confident. You got to say, I've got a swagger. You know, I mean, that, that's just how hockey's probably like that. Boxing's like that. I'm, I'm macho and I got a swagger, right? Well, I think they're really confident now. I, I don't, I don't think it's, 
You know, everybody says they are. No, mm-hmm. no, no football team ever shows up and says, okay, boy, I sure I'm not confident today. But I think something's happened. Even though they lost badly to Detroit, something happened during the break. I, I mean, Trevor said, hey, we're, it's a playoff run, and they played. Do you sense that a little bit? Am I reaching? Yeah, and it, it also helps in this league now when they all look at each other and go, yeah, we're confident, and we got that guy. Yeah, that's right. And right. that guy yesterday uh, pointed the scoreboard as he walked off the field and awesome. pushed back on the, de- you know, on the defensive lineman. Uh, just that wouldn't matter. But the fact that clearly all the, all the players have believed in him all along, but now when you look at it and say, you know, we believe we're in the game when that kid's playing. It'll be fun to see. Um, emails good this week? Good emails? No bad ones this week, right? Uh, not, not even one? There's always a few, Frank, but <laughs> it's fine. Johnny, great work. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Guys, Lauren, thank you. Johnny O, uh, that is the uh, O Show uh, every Monday at 5 o'clock. Back in a moment to wrap the show with Lauren's News and Notes. Stay with us. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. It is that time of the year, so make sure that you get someone you love the best present of all time. That would be an amazing trip on Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. Look, we all have that person in our lives that's so difficult to buy for. I promise they will love this gift. It is a luxury 50-foot custom Carolina fishing trip. They have half day, full day, even overnight. So make sure you visit DoubledUpSportFishingCharters.com and book your charter today. All right, gentlemen, I am going to start off news and notes. This is going to be heavy Jaguars, uh, by the way, with a line from Hayes Carline's article on 1010XL.com. Thank you. Thank you. The Jaguars might be two games back, but they do have the best weapon. When was the last time we were able to say that the Jaguars had a better weapon than Derrick Henry? I mean, never. (laughs) I mean, since Derrick Henry basically started getting the ball in Tennessee, which amazingly wasn't immediately. He had to wait a couple years, but... Uh, but yeah, and when I wrote that yesterday, I I paused a little bit because I was like, "Am I am I missing something here?" But the more I thought about it, I, again, it's it's not a good division. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is clearly the best player right now in this division when you consider the impact of his position mm-hmm. and how well he's playing. And yeah, you'd you'd rather be two games up, but what what gives you some pause there is the team that's two back has I think a player that right now is is making way more of an impact on the game than Derrick Henry. Yeah, the reality of this is Derrick Henry, I still think, is probably the best back in the league. I think he's the best back. I think he's the most dominant back in the league. You'd love to have him on your team. I'd love to have him on the Jaguars, okay? But great running backs don't win Super Bowls unless they play on a team with a great quarterback. That's just reality. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow went to Super Bowls, okay? That's who went to Super Bowls. Uh, Derrick Henry's not going to Super Bowls, okay? Jonathan Taylor's not going to Super Bowls. Saquon Barkley's not going to Super Bowls. Ezekiel Elliott didn't go to Super Bowls. Great quarterbacks go to – I think that's your point, right? I mean, I think great quarterbacks go to Super Bowls, not great running backs. Emmitt Smith won three Super Bowls. Yeah, you know why? Because Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and that defense were on that team. So, yeah, I, 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 whether or not he's a better player than Derrick Henry – I think the issue is he's the best weapon because right now quarterbacks matter more than running backs. Absolutely, especially the way that he played yesterday. D-Rock tweeted this out. Trevor Lawrence is the first player in Jaguars franchise history with 300 pass yards, multiple passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown in a single game. I'm telling you, 
it's happening. It's only his 30th start in his career. It's this happening, and it's uh, and he's got the right coach. I'm telling you, I'm telling that. That's why I was so giddy when it ended. That's why I was so giddy calling it. That's why I was so giddy last night driving home from the airport. It's why I was so giddy in the showers. Why I was so giddy when I woke up this morning because it's it. This is very real. This is very. It, this is really happening. I mean, this is we. You've watched it. I can tell you this as a college football fan. Okay, as a college football fan. Whether you're the, I guess Georgia back in the '80s. Whether you're Florida State, when Bowden and Charlie Ward it started happening. When you're the Gators, when Spurrier and Werfel and all those guys started happening. Whatever it is, when you've watched Alabama do it and and Nebraska and Oklahoma do it and all these other teams do it, and finally it's your team. It's pretty amazing. With the Jaguars, that happened really fast, almost too fast. They, the, the team started in 95, and by 90, 98, 99, they had the best, one of the best teams. You almost didn't appreciate it. You almost didn't have enough time to have a team, but the other guy was always better. The minute you had a team, they were, you know what I mean? They, they were great, like right out of the – you never had a time to appreciate it. Well, now, by God, <laughs> we've had a lot of time. Oh, and yeah. now, now that it looks like this is really real, Doug Peterson's one of the better coaches. He's got a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl as a coach. And now Trevor Lawrence looks like he's all the rage. So – yeah, this is real. That's why I'm so giddy about this. This is this is real now. And imagine when Trevor has an off season with Doug Peterson to really get into the minutia and the nuances of the not just the offense, but playing quarterback in the league. There's conversations they'll be able to have that right now you kind of can't. Um, you couldn't have this past off season because you had to get to know each other. You know when they they they're going to have the foundation, and it looks like a beautiful foundation. And this offseason, they're going to be able to do some spectacular things in terms of taking Trevor's game to a higher level. We just we need him to finish strong. We need him to stay healthy so that he can be on the field for everything next year and have no you know injury distractions at all. Um, but the second year uh, is is got the chance to be remarkable and for the Jaguars. Frank, you've gotten to know Doug Peterson pretty well. The more you get to know him, doesn't it shock you that the Eagles? Parted ways with him. Not only that, yes. Number one, Harry Howie Roseman won the battle. That shocks me. The other thing that shocks me just as much, if not more, how was this guy available? How did he not have a team to coach? He is he is such a good coach. He's su- and I have gotten to know him, and he's such a regular guy. And 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 the me- the meetings I get to have with him, there's just us. And and he, I mean, is like very few coaches I've ever been around. I said this yet. Yeah. What what a what were the Eagles thinking? Howie Roseman won the battle. But more than that, how was he just out there? I mean, no one, no one hired him last year, and it didn't look like other than the Jaguars anybody was trying to hire him this year. How in the world was a coach that good still available? Yes, I do wonder. That was the amazing part of it. You could understand Doug wanting a year to process, and, and certainly he had things going on mm-hmm. you know, personally with family members and, and things like that. But, and again, you know, it, it amazingly worked out for the Jaguars because I, I don't think they took the best you know approach to it, but it ended up resulting in the best possible outcome. But very fortunate that you know another team didn't say immediately, "This is our guy, this is our target," uh, and and we're going to go hire Doug Peterson because it's you know you imagine what it would be this season for the Jaguars if it wasn't Doug Peterson. It's worked out. Uh, marvelously is too strong because they've got a losing record, but it, but it, it, I think it's it's worked out well to the point where 
you know, we talked about this in September. They were going to be a much tougher out in November and December than they were in September and October. And now you're seeing that materialize. Per ESPN's FPI, the Jaguars have a 19.7% chance of making the playoffs and an 18.9% chance of winning the AFC South. I tell you what, um, check with me a week from today if they win and the Titans lose because that percentage just goes way up. I think it was 2% before Sunday's game or something like that, right? It was, it was very low. So It I, did. It jumped a lot. Yeah. Just keep – look, keep winning. I mean, again, this is such a – and let me be clear about this. This is the NFL – the Cowboys have won 10 games. The Jaguars have won five games. Uh, the game's in Jacksonville. The Jaguars are playing better now than that team that lost those eight games. It's a seven-point line, I think. The Jaguars-Cowboys? Yeah. It's actually it started there. It's moved down to five. So okay, some so, early money coming in so, on the Jaguars. So, uh, so it's a five-point line. Jaguars might win this game. Don't go into this game thinking, oh, well, I can't win the game. I mean, this is the NFL. It's a five-point. Jaguars might win that game. So I, I – uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I can't either. It will be fun, and, and especially, like you said, throughout the show, Frank, hope that the bank is Go to the game. Go to the game. Go to the game. Sunday. Uh, one college note that I want to get to, because we talk a lot of Florida, but Florida State actually had a huge recruit today, and they got South Carolina transfer tight end Jaheim Bell. I would be very surprised. Hayes has made this point all along. He made it before I did, but I agree with it. I would be very surprised particularly because I think they're going to beat Oklahoma in the bowl game, if they don't open the season no lower than 7th or 8th next year. Uh, you've been saying that, Hayes, and I, I would be – assuming they win the bowl game, uh, the, the resurgence of Florida State we're really going to see next year uh, if it's now – they, now they open with a really – what's going to be a really good LSU team, I think, and so we'll see. But I, uh, I'd be very surprised that they are – that thing is on – that thing's ahead of schedule, and that train's rolling. I think you're going to see a, a – Close to 50-50, maybe 60-40 uh, in terms of ACC champion predictions. I think maybe Clemson gets 60% of it, but for the first time in a really long time, I think that's going to be very split down the middle. I think you're going to have a lot of people, a lot of experts picking I do too. Florida State to win the ACC. Yeah, because you want to pick somebody Clemson. different anyway. So people, You, you yeah, kind of do. I think there's and you know more about Jordan Travis and Cade Klubnick. Correct. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I I don't know if it'll be 60-40, 50-50, but your overall point, the, the your larger point, that it's not a laydown that Clemson's the best team in the league going into the season. That's your point. And, and it's, it's not a laydown that they're the best. team. It's not the game's at Clemson, so yeah. you know again that's where probably Clemson will be the favorite. Sure, but I do think it'll be. I, I think twenty twenty three Florida State will be the biggest challenge Clemson has faced. Since they started this, yeah. what have they won now? Yeah. So, well, they didn't win it last not, year, not, but they've won like what seven out of the last eight not since ACC the, titles. Yeah, not correct. Not since the second Jameis year have we ever gone to the ACC media days and not known who the, we thought the best team was. They'll go to ACC media days next year, not convinced. Maybe more will think it's Clemson, but they they will have some resistance for sure. We talked about Mike Leach being in the hospital earlier today. I saw this tweet and was blown away. His impact on football, especially the coaches that he's helped, three of the top five Heisman vote-getters and four of the top ten have been coached by Leach uh, or brought up in his coaching uh, environment. Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley is the coach, obviously. Yeah. Max Duggan's coach is Sonny Dykes. Hendon Hooker's coach, Josh Heupel, and Drake May's coach, Phil Longo. Isn't that amazing? All from the Leach family coaching tree. Yeah, and what really, and, and really, by the way, and that's great on Mike Leach, 
You know what really started it was how mummy, mm-hmm. how mummy that the air raid offense and how mummy brought to big time college football when when Kentucky hired him from Valdosta State, I think. I think so. When Kentucky hired him from Valdosta State, that really changed the game. That that changed the game because then Leach went and was the coordinator under him, then became the coordinator at Oklahoma, and that's when it all started. So, but you're right, Mike Leach has had a great great impact. And speaking of Heisman and coaching, Lincoln Riley has coached three Heisman winners: Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Caleb Williams. I want to get. A question to the two baseball nuts in the room. The Mets now have a pitcher from Japan, Kode Senga. Mm-hmm. How good is he? Supposed to be great. Supposed to be really good. You know, the larger point, Gibby, is it's never been more clear there's one way to win in baseball. And that and there's some exceptions. The Braves won the World Series. The, the Rays have had a good team. The A's have had a good team. But the one way, the way to be dominant, go find yourself a, a, a the best billionaire out there, right, Gibby, and just go buy everybody. Because that's what the Mets are doing. Yeah. And, I, and I applaud yeah. them for it. I have no problem with it. Yeah, they, they did. And uh, Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, is uh, going to bear no expense to try to bring uh, the Mets a championship. The only problem is the Braves are standing in their way, as is the very tough division because the Phillies just went to the World Series. Yeah, yeah. So their, their challenge is, hey, we've got a great division. It's a beast, and we've got to try to compete. And I think they're going to throw dollars as much as they can at it. There you have it. We get to enjoy Victory Monday night now. Yeah, we do. Let's say hello to Rick Below. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Below, I got to give you credit. Mm. I don't like giving you credit. I know. But no I, one does. Blue, Blue, seriously, Blue walked in here last week, sat down, pulled that <sighs> mic up, and put the Jameson aside, and said, Jags are going to win. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to, I'm not joking about this. To your credit, I was joking about the Jameson. To your credit, you why do you d- think I ran out to the parking lot? Everybody, <laughs> uh, I mean, you were you had you had no. Usually, you yeah. had a play. Oh, I can't tell you my pick yet. I got You had no doubt in your mind they were going to go up there and win. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, uh, they're missing a lot of really key football players yeah. on the defense, and it it was a a, a simple deal: make Tanny Hill beat you. Yeah, and you can beat them when it comes to passing the football. They're really good against the run, but you know, and, and I have old school in me where I always say you got to run, you got to run, balance it, you know, run, stop the run. That's not the way the game set up yesterday. This was Trevor Lawrence's game to get his uh, get his weapons involved, and he did. And the best part of it is the way that the game started. I mean, you put together a six-minute drive. What was it, 10 plays, 11 plays, 70 yards, and they drive the entire field, and you're thinking, I, I know I'm thinking, well, here we go again. How are you going to get up off the mat after that, even when they were down 14-7, but just a, a great win to come from behind. Uh, the defense, you know, bend but do not break. They've been giving up a lot of yards, but to force all those turnovers and then for, for Trevor Lawrence really to grow up in front of our eyes, it's a, it's a great win for Jacksonville. It should be a great week here. Uh, for Jacksonville in, in anticipation of Dallas on Sunday. People have to go to that game. Right? Oh, I mean, my God, gotta, they have to go gotta, to that game. Gotta, folks, you got to go to that game. Yeah. you got you got you to go to that game. I mean, that's, yes. that's the one. They need you. Be there to help them. So, all right, but, but, again, I, Hayes and I talked in the press box. We were talking about who – and he, I said – we both said, you know, Blue and Homer guy. I can be Homer guy. He, he's, he's pretty convinced. So, uh, so that's great work. What's coming up tonight? We got all that. We got that. We've got uh, everything else that's happening around uh, the NFL and – um, just all sorts of scenarios I'm going to lay out here for Jaguar fans and, and what's next. But, hey, it's right in front of them. You can make the case that Tennessee, maybe against Houston, if I was a betting man, Tennessee goes 1-3 the rest of the way. Believe it or not, I think Indy 
may be their biggest competition. If you look at the future schedule that Indianapolis has compared to Tennessee, I think that they may be more of a a thorn in their side. I I may be getting ahead of myself, but we've been known to do that in radio. All right. Thanks, Rick. We appreciate it. Now, Rick Rick, Rick, Rick threw a line in his hand and said, Jags are going to win in Nashville. I mean, from the beginning of the week, and they certainly did. So what a game it was. What a victory Monday it was. We certainly did enjoy it. That'll do it for our program. But Rick Blue comes up right now, so don't go anywhere. Tomorrow we'll uh, be here, same bat time, same bat channel, talking Jags and a whole lot more. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franchi. So long.